Views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about this show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. Supercard of Honor, commentators at war. An elimination chamber has been decided with all of its participants, while another elimination chamber has not. Jason Jordan, did he get a surgery? Was that injury a shoot? And who is the most overrated wrestler of all time? Who is the most underrated wrestler of all time? We are going to get all into this tonight as we... Kiss the ring. I'm the best in the world. What? Listening to the most inappropriate pro wrestling podcast of all time. You are listening to Breaking Down the Ring. We are your ring crew. Z Smitty's back. Orlando. And me, the all Mikey one. Mikey, Joe is out this week as uh, basically his newborn child kicked him in the balls and has taken him out for at least a six day period. Uh, we wish him the best in his speedy recovery and uh, hope to see him back next week. And you guys hope to hear him back next week. But today we have a special guest. We have a guy that I have known for a couple years. He's a huge wrestling fan. Uh, if you like country music, that's your fault, not ours. But you can listen to him on if you live in Port Huron, Michigan on the sultry sounds of WSAQ. Port Huron's country station. We are welcoming the power hand himself, Big Dick Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Suck on that. (laughs) My problem's still bigger. (laughs) It's the stereotype. It's not true. (laughs) Have you seen them? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Someone has shown me uh, the microscopic images. (laughs) So damn, Nick. Sorry, man. Took a while to load. It was a straight up modem shot. It's <laughs> <laughs> like nineties porn. <laughs> no, it's coming. Just wait for it. <laughs> modem. It's worth it. That's what I said too. This is why we're this is why we're the most inappropriate podcast. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I love it. Uh, so we got a couple things to get into. Obviously, uh, for the intro, we're going to be talking a little bit of Supercard of Honor, a little bit of the war of words between commentators, former and current. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Raw, a little bit about SmackDown, but mostly we're going to be discussing the most overrated. 
overrated wrestler and the most underrated wrestler of all time, or in our opinion. Uh, so it's not like don't just have to be current. It could be old school ones, new school ones, however you want to do it. But let's get into the war of the words first. Corey Graves and Booker T. Booker T is no longer a commentator on Monday Night Raw, and yet he can't stop talking about it. He went on to his uh, afternoon radio show, and he made a comment on it. Uh, if you haven't heard, basically, uh, WWE brought back Jonathan Coachman to uh, be a commentator on Monday Night Raw. Booker T was always said to be a temporary, temporary. part. Thanks, Smitty. A temporary <laughs> part <laughs> of the commentary team. <laughs> And now he's his commentary is done, uh, and they brought in Jonathan Coachman. Uh, so he went on to Eat his dick, Chris. <laughs> he went on to his radio show, and he said this, and I quote: "If if I got Corey Graves into a fisticuffs, I would beat him down like he stole something. I would be whooping his ass all day long. My thing is this: I'm a nice guy until you get on my bad side. Corey Graves, I wouldn't necessarily say he's on my bad side. Pause." But he wants to kick his ass. <laughs> yeah, it gets better. Right. Oh, I know. But it just, he's not on my bad side, but I would beat his ass. Continuing uh, what Booker T said. He's not on my bad side right now, but he's the reason I'm not on Monday Night Raw right now. A lot of people in the company thought I was going to jump on him. I was going to do something bad to him. I was going to drag him. I was going to take him out of the woodshed. I was going to beat that man so bad that he was going to say, please, please don't beat me anymore. That's how, I, I, that's how hot I was getting. That's how close I was getting. Uh, and this is all coming off of WrestlingInc.com. Uh, according to Booker T, according to Booker, WWE wanted him to cool off right, and Kurt. did that by moving him back <laughs> to the kickoff panels and away from Graves. Again, quoting Booker T. So they said, hey, Book, step back a second, all right? We're going to regroup, press the re rewind button. We're going to send you back to the kickoff show, SmackDown and Monday Night Raw PPVs, and cool you down for a second because we don't want you to do anything to Corey Graves. Thank God. And he goes, if I catch Corey Graves on the street, I'm going to do something to him. It ain't gonna, <laughs> I ain't going to do it at the office or the airport. But if I catch Corey Graves on the street, you know, see that little bouffant hairdo he got? I'm going to rearrange it for him. He goes, everyone knows my reputation. I get mean if you mess with my green. And right now, my green is being messed with. Is WrestleMania coming up? <laughs> he goes, is WrestleMania coming up, right? There's room for one more match at WrestleMania. Well, right now on my show, I'm calling Corey Graves out to a fight. Not a match, not a pre-show pose down or anything like that. I'm calling Corey Graves out to a fight. I'm talking man-to-man, -man, mano a mano, you and I. This all came off around the 4th of February. It is the 7th of February. So this is all before Monday Night Raw and SmackDown happened. Of course, Corey Graves took a shot at him. There you go. go ahead. You know what I mean? <laughs> See, remember, that remember that Uncustable comment? <laughs> You're good. You go ahead. <laughs> so Corey what Graves. You smoking, nigga? <laughs> Corey the Graves. Funky, so I got to adjust said on Monday Night Raw, there was some comment made, and then he goes, be careful. You don't want to get sent back sent back to doing a afternoon radio and blame me for everything. <laughs> <laughs> that was during a Bailey Oscar match. And, and he also put it on Twitter. He said, quote, thus the expert in battle moves the enemy and is not moved by him. Sun Tzu. He quoted Art of War and then in parentheses wrote, yes, this is what you think it is. They are fucking beefing, man. Also, there was Corey also Graves. He coming for you, 
<laughs> okay, so uh, the new day also made a comment on SmackDown about that too. What would they say? So who like do you think Corey Graves has a better left hook or right? Oh, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, was also yeah. New day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was also kind of a jab too. So jab, day, jab or a right hook. Jab or right hook, yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. <laughs> Since like, everyone's having so much fun with it, do you think it's a work? I don't know. I think that's a sh- I think it's a shoot honestly. I mean cuz <clears throat> on the actual panel like you could you could feel Booker T getting mad at Graves oh, yeah, at sure. times. Just like the one guy that was um, called him GI bro. But it was more so like uh Graves would come back with the zinger and he would like kind of stifle fucking Booker T so Booker T would get mad. Cuz Book's not he's not fast with the comebacks. Well, right. So that that's not Graves' fault that you're not a witty fuck, right? Like, that who cares? Well, that was proven when he had his whole word of war word of war of words with the rock. He wasn't really witty with his comebacks. Right. That's Thomas it. Jefferson, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Booker T is entertaining as fuck. He's entertaining and, but he's not quick on a whip. And as as a commentator, I think Booker T is okay. I think, you know, sometimes he says some weird ducky this or something. He'll say some weird shit. Ducky, ducky, quack, quack. Yeah, he'll say say some weird shit. Uh, Everybody's in his fake five. But but, uh, he's okay. But Corey Graves is just, I think, is a really, really good announcer. Uh, Graves is the greatest thing to happen for color commentary since Jerry Lawler in the 90s. Yeah, I really, really like Corey Graves' commentary. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Graves is a much better commentator than Booker T, even though Booker T's kind of legacy is far greater than... Graves wrestling, yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, in the industry in general, I don't know, man. I, I would kind of want to see Booker T beat him up though, just for the hell of it. <laughs> hey, y'all gotta forget Booker T's a nigga from Houston. That's yeah. a hood. In, there's a hood in Houston out there in Texas. I've been to Houston twice. There's a hood in every major city. Right, yeah, I was going to say, we're hanging out outside Detroit right now. Come on now. I'm from Detroit. <laughs> and you ain't kicking nobody's ass. So what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we go outside the back alley, we'll find, figure this out. You say you want to bang uh, him in the back what? alley? <laughs> Smitty, your mom is going to call in and whip your ass. <laughs> hey, speaking I'll, of that, uh, me, and my mama, my, me and my mama already talked about this shit. It's all good. She not listening no more. <laughs> and we'll do a parody of it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so, Nick, what do you think about all this stuff? You know what? I th- I think that Booker T, like you had mentioned, he is entertaining. But as far as his mic skills on the spot as a color commentator, he's pretty god-awful because he contradicts himself all the time. Yeah. And the shit that comes out of his mouth, it's just like sometimes I listen to him like, what the fuck did he just say? Like, let me rewind that. Let me make sure that he said that. It just, you know. I don't not like Booker T, but I think that his time in the sun had passed. Get off the color commentator. Go back to the, uh, you know, go back to the pre-show. I mean, we say African American, not colored here. There's, there's did even, I say that? There's even lines we won't cross. <laughs> African American commentator. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Michael Cole's the play-by-play. I really had to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Cole's the play-by-play. Booker T was the African American commentator. <laughs> <laughs> I think Corey Graves is the more, well, like you say, African American commentator at this point. You know, it's it's funny to me with these two guys going back and forth. Like we all said it ourselves. Like there's, we've had our levels of commentaries. Like JBL was the drizzling shits. J- JBL finally started getting better before he left, but for a while there, JBL was the worst thing to happen to color commentary um, to commentary period uh, in a long time. He was Since bad. Michael Cole tried to go color. Well, again, 
African-American. <laughs> Calm down here, sir. He's white. <laughs> Michael Cole never went blackface. Not one time. Hey, fuck that. All white people turn more colors than we do. <laughs> um, so it was JBL. We all had problems with Booker T. David Otunga was pretty bad, too. Yep. Uh, Byron Saxon just plays the goody two-shoes boy. And that's his gimmick. Period. It's He's early Michael Cole where he got picked on. We gets picked on by everybody else. But at the same time, he's like like the, the running joke is he still lives with his parents. You know, mm-hmm. like it's 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 he's the goody two shoes boy. And from every report I've ever heard, Byron Saxon is probably the nicest man in professional wrestling. Ne- next to this dude that uh that we know that we've had on our show formerly known as Hakeem Zane, because apparently he's also a really, really yes, nice guy. Um, and that's always a great thing to have. So obviously, because if you're the nice guy, people are going to pick on you, you know, and give it to him. Byron Saxon has his comebacks. He gets Corey right back sometimes. Uh, well, Coach was a- doing better this week. Obviously, the first week last week was rough. It was the first time that they were there, so it's kind of like it's kind of like, like kind of sit and observe, and then this week he and yeah. it got still more was kind of because even coach got called out by Michael Cole like when he was like he was like yeah Sonya Deville she's a huge Iverson fan and then Michael Cole's like yeah we we said that at the Royal Rumble when we were in Philly <laughs> 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 and co- uh, coach was just like well you know it's good to reiterate stuff <laughs> like well so, he he was also quick on his little comebacks and he and he also wasn't there at Royal Rumble so there's still going to be some time to get in it however Booker T's still worse man like Booker T would Especially first commentary run Booker T. Man, that was kind of. With him and JBL on SmackDown? Yeah, it was really bad. And then now, this time, at least he had a more no shits given type feel to it because he would go at it and there'd be times that he had points to say. But like Nick said, then all of a sudden, five minutes later, he contradict himself. Dude, I don't know how many times I've heard him say he hated and liked Jason Jordan in the same fucking match. You know? Same thing with Strowman. You, it's if he put over Strowman's wind one more goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it got pretty bad with Book. So I mean, I'm okay that he's gone. I don't. Are, is anyone missing Booker? No, I not in that capacity. No. no, I wouldn't be mad if he wasn't on the pre-shows either. I would be mad if he wasn't on the pre-shows. He's good on the pre-shows though because he just talks. He's all he's doing is putting up over the stuff. He doesn't have to keep up with it with Vince and Kevin Dunn and Triple H and everybody in his ear. You know, I just feel like it got a little bit too much for him. Yeah, he was overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. and you could easily tell that. You know, I'm worried Corey Graves is going to wear himself out with this. Because does that mean Corey's going to get these hands? It's <laughs> everyone's going to get these hands. Uh, up next, let's talk about it. It uh, was a huge video that broke the internet for a little bit. Uh, the most recent episode of Being the Elite Complicated ended really awkwardly. Like they, you know, Marty Skrull just started singing Avril Lavigne's Complicated. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> and wonderfully throughout the, the episode. And, you know, everybody's doing little things. As we had mentioned uh, before, the video previous was when there was the drama in the Bullet Club where Cody gave the crossroads to Kenny Omega in the middle of the ring, and then they were all going to go at him, and him and Hangman, and then Abushi saves him, and then in the Being the Elite video, they show up at the Young Bucks hotel room, Abushi and uh, Kenny Omega, they show up at the hotel room to go in, 
this one kind of made it seem like no one knew where they were going to go. Like there was a uh, segment with Matt Jackson, him and his wife talking and on one angle. He's wearing a Kenny Omega shirt and the other angle he's wearing an American nightmare uh, Cody shirt. So it just, whatever cut they were showing was the shirt that he had. So obviously there was, they're playing no favorites to anybody. And then at the end of it came this huge announcement that at ring of honor, Supercard of honor 12, you're going to get Kenny Omega, versus Cody at that pay-per-view. Uh, that pay-per-view is... Sorry, something just flew on. It's uh, April 7th, which is the day before WrestleMania in the same area. So if you're in New Orleans for WrestleMania, pff, uh, oh, I don't know. Because you got the NXT... You got TakeOver, takeover the day before that? Yeah. Yeah. TakeOver. Friday, it's Supercar Friday, TakeOver Saturday, WrestleMania Sunday. No, because... Uh, WrestleMania is the 8th, right? If I'm not mistaken, WrestleMania is uh, April 8th. I thought uh, Supercard was on Friday. Supercard of Honor is announced for April 7th. Oh, so. Yeah, I was going to say Saturday, April 7th. Because I was down there in Orlando. I was backstage at Supercard last year. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's. And that's where we got those really cool Ring of Honor crew shirts. I know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually wearing my. I'm saving mine to wear on the show the week of WrestleMania. Cool. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't a random random um, statement so yeah like if you he didn't click it can't, yeah if you can't get into takeover you can go to supercard of honor because uh, they're fighting on that day it's it's weird and uh normally there's no going back and forth but i don't know i guess maybe they didn't get the attendance they wanted last year on friday because of the hall of fame i don't know how they're doing it why they're doing it maybe they're doing it on purpose oh we're gonna put this right up against your nxt takeover so i don't know we shall see. They but could be. Yes. That's, a, that's a huge match. Right. You know, that's, oh, man. but also those numbers are probably going to be close to each other, too, because NXT is pretty much like the pretty much in uh, WWE's equivalent of a major indie promotion like ROH or. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Fully agree. Um, so Omega Cody, are we thinking that this is going to have some major implications into be it the all-in pay-per-view that's supposedly coming up in September uh, that Cody and the, the the entire Bullet Club are supposedly putting on because Omega said he's going to be there. Cody's going to be there. The Bucks, Skrull, Hangman are going to be there. They announced, I think Tessa Blanchard has announced that she will be there as well. Um, are we thinking that this is going to have some implications into that, Smitty? Um, I think it's just something to keep us, hold us over and put some decision between the Bullet Club because we know they're hottest. There's got to be something to keep the Bullet Club uh, relevant with their professional wrestling. So this is going to be something that like keeps us invested within the Bullet Club storyline. Mm-hmm. Do I think the Bullet Club is ending or being split into two factions like the NWO after this? No. Because splitting the NWO is one of the things that kind of killed it. So this is a, some like a, a whole a come-over story for a long run. Omega gave comments about Golden Lovers, which is what him and Ibushi were known as, uh, post the crossroads that he got and Ibushi saving him and after the last and, – and, and after the being elite where they showed up at the end at the Bucks hotel room. Uh, and he said that he's always wished that they could do more and that they – now is a time for they seem to be coming back together. So it's very – I mean it may not be split into two factions, but Omega might be leaving. Uh, I think some of it is because like Adam Page was 
really involved inside the whole segment too. Mm-hmm. I think that's leading the supercar to honor. You're going to see Adam Page versus Kota Ibushi. That's possible. Yeah. Z. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it is going to split into two different factions, and that's, I mean, why you're having Kenny versus um Cody, and I think Cody's going to go over. He'll he'll run the Bullet Club, and then they'll be like the elite or whatever name they come up with. More than likely, the elite if they. Speak. But yeah, so do de- the, but de- the elite definitely was- Wolfpack, like original NWO Wolfpack style kind of shit, and. Somebody, I was reading a blog the other day, and it was about how ever since its first inception, like with the Bullet Club, like the way they kick their leaders out and everything, it's very, it's become very, uh, I can't say the word, like the formulaic. Yeah. Um, because they, they did it with uh, Finn and then AJ and. You know, and then or then Adam Cole, and now Kenny. Yeah, as, as same, just same, also, same same thing, yeah. same time of year. Like it, it just, it's to the point where people are discussing whether or not like the Bullet Club is still as over as they were. Like, yeah, their merch probably still sells because I mean, let's be honest, the T-shirts look sweet. Like even people that don't follow wrestling go on a topic and probably buy one just because of how they look. Well, even people like gun enthusiasts, I want to be part of the Bullet Club, right? Why, you know, why not? So I mean. I don't think that just like NWO merch still sells, but, uh-huh. but I I could see if this was like the downfall of the Bullet Club, and I think that's why WWE is jumping over the jumping all over the whole Ballard Club thing. Like oh. as Bullet Clubs on the descent, we're gonna make the Ballard Club on you know we're gonna ascend yes. it. So so, but to your point though, what, every time a leader was kicked out of the Bullet Club, they all moved on to somewhere else. I understand that, but I'm saying it's become it's Kenny become o- a thing. This time of year, somebody gets kicked out of the Bullet Club. But also, Kenny Omega's already made it. He's already made it clear that he's he just resigned with uh, New Japan. He just resigned another two year deal yeah. with New Japan. If Kenny leaves Bullet Club, he's the first person to leave Bullet Club and not go to WWE. So that's something different too. Well, Finn was still. Well, <laughs> he is Bert- the first person to get kicked out of the Bullet Club and not come to WWE. Bert- Bert- Devitt was yet. still with. Was still with New Japan for a year before he went to WWE. Even after they removed him from yes. the club? For Oh, AJ. Huh. I do know. What? Well, you never know, man. It'd be a crazy world we're living in when the. I Man, I just don't see that. I okay, so let's say the faction does split. Okay, let's say it does a Wolfpack NWO type thing. Hollywood. It's better for merch if they. Keep Bullet Club active yeah. while they create and push the elite more. I think so. If because elite merchandise is also in hot topic, I know, but it's not as over as the Bullet Club stuff. So if I they agree. can make them compete, now you're competing, but they're both profiting from the same fucking thing. Yeah. So just G- like when Fifty Cent made G Unit and G U Not, he was still profiting from both things. People that loved him, people that hated him. So now you got two different uh, things, uh, and it's putting money in. Oh, you know what the part. fuck G U Not is? You don't uh, remember that shit? No. I do. No. No, glad I don't. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Orlando, let oh, me ask you God. then: If they do do this split, do you see Omega, Abushi, and the Young Bucks separate going into the Elite because of the whole being the Elite possible? I don't think Abushi will have anything to do. With it. I think he's just like they said. Uh, somebody had mentioned earlier. I think he was just in this angle just to set up the match between him and Cole, probably Page or Page. Excuse me. Uh, and then uh, 
So I don't think he'll have anything to do with it. But I do think the Young Bucks and whoever else will become the elite, I think they're going to get away from Bullet Club. I think that's what you're going to see. Have I ever told you guys how much I hate the Adam Page hangman character? Why? Look at me. Really? Uh, (laughs) Even I know that. Did you like Gallows when he was in Bullet Club? No. Because he walked around with a noose on his neck? Yeah. To make you uncomfortable? Yes, it does. One of the few things in the world we finally found that makes Smitty uncomfortable is a noose. Don't ever tell me I like, I like racist jokes. Putting that in my punishment bank. Right? <laughs> but, but it's really funny because you love hanging out. Strange. I'm going to kiss you with a fucking dick sometimes. <laughs> it hangs low, so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's right there, boy, towards your uh, big gut somewhere. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I call it the Benoit. <laughs> it just hangs there. <laughs> oh, oh, man, man, did I pick the right night to come on the show. <laughs> I thought it was called the Hornswoggle because it's pretty short. <laughs> Would you just call my dick pretty? Yeah, no. you did. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Goddamn. Cena, spinner, fucktard. No. All right, let's just move on. Yeah, no. <laughs> I could have kept that going. But no, Orlando wants to move on. So let's move on. Monday Night Raw happened, and we got the announcement for the f- six women inside the women's elimination chamber. And it will be obviously Alexa Bliss. She will be defending our her title. And the other five women in it are Bailey, Sasha Banks, Mickey James, Sonya Deville, and Mandy Rose. So many of them have a chance at winning. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> love the sarcasm. What? <laughs> no. Can I mention before we even get into the match yeah. how much I hated the raw promo between her and Angle, uh, and I'll tell you why. Not that I was I, hoping so. Yeah. <laughs> well, just the fact that they kept trying to hammer home the fact that she is as important as Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Corey Graves then goes on commentary, is like, "Yeah, I 100 percent agree." What the fuck are you talking about? Stop it. <laughs> I like Alexa Bliss a lot. I think she should be the champion on Raw. You're telling me she's as important as Brock Lesnar. Yeah. She's not as established. Like, that's my only... Kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. Go hang yourself. <laughs> it's bad. I'm buying a gun. It always comes full circle, just like the rope around the neck. <laughs> 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 you keep your mouth shut because you'll be really great with those two. <laughs> um, so <laughs> okay, but let me ask. So you're saying that she had no basis for it or just the whole she's not as important as Brock Lesnar? She's not. I, I don't mind her bringing up the women's revolution and stuff and trying to use that as her excuse. I thought that was clever. I, I thought Angle's response to asking the crowd and getting them involved was decent, too. That said, I just stop trying to push this fucking revolution down our fucking throat. Stop trying to exaggerate it to make it seem like the women are as important as them. they are not. Stop it. I like Alexa Bliss a lot. And, but what you're doing is you're actually just insulting us. Because there's no fucking way anybody watching that TV program goes, Yeah, Alexa Bliss is just as good as Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> Just as important, definitely. <laughs> She's got a good fucking point. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it, you know? So, 
But wasn't the whole point is the whole women's evolution, revolution, whatever the fuck you want to call it? And now it's just evolution, com- by the way. We can, we can, they evolved. We, the Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point was that they, they could compete on the same level as the men. That was the whole point of it, right? Sure. Are they as important? You think Alexa was as important as Brock Lesnar? No, I'm just saying. Okay, like, thank you. I'm just saying. My only, my, my only counter argument about the whole is that they can compete on the same level as the men. Well, they still can't, but they're getting no, better. I believe that. At, okay, I've had they, this conversation already, Smitty. Talking about if women can, the women. I think Oscar can. I'm just saying, like this at the, with the where the current roster is and talent is now. I don't think they're on the same level competitive wise, but I think if they do actually dig deeper and train women better, they could be. Well, yeah, I think they're getting there. Fuck I th- no. Listen, listen. I think I think they're getting there. I think they're getting better. But let's not pretend that the women are as good as the men. Let's let's stop that. Let's stop pretending that they are as big as draws as the men. More people tune in to watch Brock Lesnar because he's a draw everywhere. Everybody on the street knows who the fuck Brock Lesnar is. Most people don't know who the fuck Alexa Bliss is, okay? If you were to ask my mom who the fuck is Alexa Bliss right now, she would look at you like you are retarded. Okay, she has no idea who the fuck Alexa Bliss is. Stop it. Just stop the nonsense. That's, that's all I'm saying. I want to see the women do well. I want the women's revolution or Pokemon evolution thing to go well. <laughs> I just, I don't want to see, I just, I'm tired of these stupid ass comparisons. Stop it. Just Have let them do their fucking thing and let them, you know. Prove ma- it. Yeah, let them go out and fucking do their thing. And that's it. Be a shower, not a girl. Be a grower, not a shower. Women's Infernal Match. <laughs> so I, I guess then uh, look I'm I, I agree I'm I, we've we've had this we've hammered this over uh two episodes ago saying that there's no reason why anyone should feel that the women can hang in the same area as the men when it comes to um the wrestling and it's it's all genetics, man. It really is. It's 100% real genetics because when men are built like with – and again, there's always, again obviously exceptions to this rule and we've said it. But women taking the bumps that the men take when you add like this elimination chamber or the ladder matches, their bodies aren't built for that. Maybe Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, but not fucking Maybe Mandy Charlotte Rose. Sharon, not Sharon Bailey. Corbin. Sharon Corbin, she's really good. I do have a question, though. So if this angle was reversed and used on SmackDown with Charlotte and AJ Styles, do you think would have been? A, do you think you would have got? You, you would have the same reaction? No, because you're not getting that. You can't have that argument because AJ Styles is out there defending his title almost every fucking other week. You know, there's always an, so you can't have that argument. So no, uh, whatever the fuck you just mentioned doesn't. Apply. Like I said, kayfabe wise, I didn't mind her pushing. The angle of the woman's evolution or whatever, uh, I thought that was fine. I thought they did a decent promo. It wasn't great, but it was it was entertaining enough. I just thought overall this this idea they have to stop shoving it down our throats. If it's gonna happen, which I again the the good news about pro wrestling is you don't necessarily have to be super athletic to be really good at this. You know, um, it is possible for women to be as good, if not better, than men at this. There, there's no reason that they haven't made this leap here yet. Right. Um, in our world, now in real sports it's different, but in our world where it's predetermined, there's really no excuse why the women haven't been stepped up and been better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good to see that they're making strides, but just stop, stop trying to fucking hammer it home that they're already there. Stop trying to fucking shove it down our throats. Everything they're doing is so, it's uh, not organic. 
It's it's yeah. it's the exact opposite of organics. The exact opposite of a real revolution or All evolution. All kinds of pesticides added in. Yes, it's just it's preservatives. Yeah, so that that's my issue with it. And we like you said, we hammer it home, but it's like. Every time they, we hammer yeah, it home, they, they bring it back up and they do it again. And I have to go on the same stupid ass rant. Stop it. So, <laughs> Nick, you obviously just catching if you hadn't didn't hear that episode. That's basically everything that we talked about. We just kind of said, um, are how when you're watching this product with the women being given what they're given and saying what they're saying, how are you feeling about about it? Well, I think to your point, you're definitely right. I mean, it's, it's being crammed down our throats with the whole women's evolution thing. And, you know, they're doing just fine, in my opinion. Like, you don't need to go way over the top, but you, you, you just keep doing what you're doing. That's all you got to do. Right. And I think there's a lot of women that are coming up that are starting to take those bigger bumps, that are starting to do these bigger moves because they're realizing that, yeah, okay. You know, from that perspective, as a woman, they can do it. Okay, mm-hmm. we could do anything. Well, now you're starting to show it. So let's see more of that. Just keep on doing what you're doing. But when you sit there and you constantly like that whole page thing, it's not page. Um, when Emma kept talking about how she started the women's resolution revolution, shut the fuck up. Okay, please just just stop. do it. Just do it. Just show us what you've got. <clears throat> but okay. legitly, if you talk about within WWE, the two women that kind of. Sp- Sparked all of it were Paige and Emma. I call bullshit on that, but that's okay. Well, that's a different argument for a different day. I just fucking think overall, like he Nick was just saying, it has to be organic. Mm-hmm. If you want this thing to really fucking work, and the best things in wrestling are always organic. Mm-hmm. When they shove things down their throats, when they start fucking hammering home, lunatic fringe, lunatic fringe. Nobody Roman in the Reigns, world Roman watching Reigns. TV is going, I love the lunatic fringe. <laughs> Stop. It's it's them. It's 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 the way yeah. they push shit. Mm-hmm. It, it's so over the top ridiculous it's the same thing they've done with the promos remember the promo that Miz and Baron Corbin and Mojo all cut when they were in their cars and it was just bare bones however they felt now you have those promos on fucking show. television and yeah. you get to watch Cena walk forward and, and back, then backward back. and then forward again <laughs> and then they add the fucking stupid graphics to it and everything comic like that book shit, Please. I can't stand it's, it I hate it's, that you, you had something that was really good and WWE said you know what Let's WWE this. And, and the thing I really don't get is... That right, that should be a thing. Right Let's ahead. WWE this. <laughs> because that should be their fucking... Like, that's what they do. Yeah. They ruin shit like that. But, yeah. like, they even give you that graphic before whoever is about to do one of those live cam fucking promos. And, you know, it says John Cena. Like, when he shows up on the screen, no one's going to know who the fuck he yeah. is. Right. The worst one is the Usos. The whole lockdown thing from two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. you Last week, I liked it. This week, I did not. They l- I hated it last week, but I was sick. That's why I couldn't comment on it last week. It's okay. We hate you anyway. Uh, and the <laughs> the uh, all the white men hate me apparently. No, just, just go hang yourself, all right? <laughs> God damn! <laughs> I made all those jokes about my own self. <laughs> uh, you're in a studio with a whole bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I thought about that when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I don't believe That's it. how who listening was, works. Who was not <laughs> mentioned for the women's elimination chamber was Nia Jax. And Kurt Angle even went on to say, so she's going to face Asuka at elimination chamber pay-per-view. And if she beats Asuka, then she gets added at, to the match at WrestleMania. And it's a triple threat match for the women's title, which obviously now it's the Raw women's title because Kurt can't just say that. If it's the SmackDown, because if Oscar's going to face Charlotte, it, you can't just say, "Oh, and Nia's in it now." They've killed the lead. 
You know, so it's you're you're like you said, yeah. If you bury the lead, we know where Oscar's going now after Elimination Chamber, and obviously Nia's not going to be a part of this. So once again, you're making Nia look weak for what? Plus, Oscar already beat Nia. Yeah, it just happened. And then Nia's going to say, "I'm the only one that can beat you." No, you lost. Yeah. You couldn't even get back in the ring. You you lost in NXT by pinfall and or or. Submission. I think it, it was a pinfall. No, submission. submission. Didn't, didn't uh, Sasha submit her in NXT? When Sasha no. Had the title? No, Sasha made no. Nia. She made Nia pass. Uh, Benny made Nia pass out. Okay. Sasha actually beat her by uh, submission. What I just fucking said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a comment uh, from a uh, listener on Twitter. Uh, is that I am getting tired of them mentioning the women's revolution every week. It's time for them to stop mentioning it and start showing the world why they are the best women in the world. Uh, that's at at B-I-N-H-X-N-U-N. But are they? They're not. <laughs> They're not the best women in the world? Mm. I don't think so. I don't. Some think- of them. Yeah, yeah you know, I mean, I'm I, not I, I'll, I'll go with that. Some of them. Some of them, yeah, yeah. I can't say, but I can't say that. I watch women's wrestling from Mexico and, and Japan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well. I mean, I've been watching, you know, I, I talk about her every other fucking time we bring up this woman's. Minami Toyota is better than any woman that WWE's ever had, and this was mid-90s, and she was fucking getting five-star Meltzer ratings in every other match. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's the the Japanese wrestling Low women uh, for the last 30 years have been superior than anything that WWE's put on in the last ever. Good I've point. said Lo Shirai a couple, like a, a couple times on the show, and Lo Shirai, she was, contra- she was contracted with the development, uh, the Performance Center. She had a really bad injury that took her out pretty much most of 2016 when they let, when they let her go mid-2017 when she finally came back. She's probably one of the better performers. And it's no doubt that WWE doesn't hire women based on the way they can wrestle. They hire they ha- and, no. They are now. No, they're no, making changes no, now. No, they are still not hiring based on they can how they can rest on who's the better performer. I'm not saying that it's all looks, but it's definitely a strong part of demographics. The girl that they hired from in, they, they hired from India. That's a 100 percent demographic pull. Oh, you know, and, and that's what I'm talking. I'm not saying that they're hiring. Well, well, oh, this guy, this chick's hot, so I can bring her in. Well, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say. It is ironic though, because now they actually are hiring workers. Yeah, uh, like got people, men and women, that can work. So yeah. they are adding those people in too. Uh, oh yeah. But, but I'm just saying because you got to understand this is a new thing. Yeah. Because years ago, they literally hired models. fitness models and they hired fucking bodybuilders. Tori Wilson, Kelly and, Kelly, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, they are making some changes, but I think you're still going to see the demographic oh, yeah. hires. You're still going to see a couple fitness models hired because they're still. Even as an audience, there's guys that just want to see hot women. They don't yeah. care to see the women wrestle. You know, as as you know, uh, crude as that sounds. Well, Liv Morgan, horrible wrestler, but I love looking at her. <laughs> Mandy Rose, sure. Mandy Rose actually on the Mix Max Challenge proves. Oh no, stuff to I should know. I, I saw it. I saw it too. Her and Gold Dust. That, yeah, that was, was a good. Great. That was a good little gimmick that she had going, and she. I remember her from Tough Enough. I remember her on. Uh, in that, and just me going, God, the only reason you're even this high up is because of how you look. And it's true, but does not take away the fact that now she is in that ring and she is wrestling well. Yeah. Like, it, it, she, sure, was that call up partly because of looks? Mm hmm. 
But at the same time, but also she was wrestling NXT dark matches for almost the last. Three but that's years. what I'm saying. As I'm getting to that, the point is she's no longer just a pretty face. She can also put in work in the ring now. So it's not like her call up was just pretty face. WWE is still, as we said, they are making people workers. Demographics play a huge part in this, and it's. So it's for well, the men too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's that. yeah because again, you know, Jinder, Ma- Jinder Mahal was that title because was that title because they were building a market yeah. in India. You know, it's it's so it's not just women, but at the same time, it does take away from who you can bring in. You Candice know, Lurie was the best signee they've done they've done for the women in a long time. Yeah, strong worker, strong worker, good worker, good looker. But that's yeah. but that's why she was so easy to sign. That's why she's married. Look good. Next up, also, we're going to talk about. Next up, we're going to talk about the Raw Tag Team Championship match that was supposed to happen. Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins were supposed to face the bar again. However, Jason Jordan's injury that had been kind of placating him for the last couple of weeks, which he wasn't supposed to be taking many bumps, and he really didn't. Uh, even at the Royal Rumble, it was just someone pushed him into a uh, ring post, and he was just out and tagged himself back out of the match, just sat on the ring steps. Didn't have any involvement. Turns out it was it wasn't just a work. Like we all thought it was like a knee something, but he went and had surgery the other day. Uh, a minimally invasive surgery. There's no real uh, set timetable for when Jason Jordan is coming back, but he he had the surgery. Uh, I want to say today, as a matter of fact, uh, was well, the surgery today. It was yeah. So today obviously is Wednesday. No, so that means that I believe the surgery is yesterday then. I thought it was, uh, yeah, the surgery was uh, Tuesday, uh, February 6th. Oh, yeah. uh, WWE uh, put it in their news that um, he went and he had the surgery. I had the whole fucking thing pulled up and now it went away. So he had the surgery. It was a minimally evasive surgery, but there is, like I said, no timetable set for his return. And we were talking about it because even you know Z had mentioned that Mel- Melter said that he was originally going to be in the elimination chamber. Like next week it was going to be after they lost the tag titles match this week that it was going to be Jason Jordan versus Seth Rollins as he was going into the chamber and Jason Jordan was going to win that match and go into the chamber setting up Rollins Jordan at mania, Mania. which again is, Oh, they didn't just do this as he went in the chamber. But yeah, so the surgery that he had was called minimally invasive posterior cervical microdisectomy. And like I said, not knowing how long it's going to be out. So now you got to wonder what's in the mode. What's going to happen with Seth Rollins? Nick, obviously you watch the product. Where do you think they can take this for him to keep him into some sort of decent match at Mania? Because he's not involved in the Fatal 4-Way, the last chance Fatal 4-Way for the Chamber. So he's not even going to be in the Chamber. Right. So is he... Does he get a match at Fastlane? Does he not get a match at Fastlane? Because Elimination maybe, Chamber. I mean, yeah, Elimination Chamber. Does he not get a match at that? For the simple fact that even your Intercontinental Champion is in the fucking Elimination Chamber. Which I thought was really weird, but yeah. that's another, another time. I thought it was really interesting that I read this article today that this whole neck surgery thing is just kayfabe. For the simple fact of this, when a WWE superstar gets injured, they're gone, like immediately. They don't dick around and let them come on air for two or three weeks, unless you're Paige, mm-hmm. okay? But they've already established that she's done or whatever yeah. she is. Um, to use the whole angle, and a, and I wrestled and won the championship with the, or excuse me, uh, at the Olympics with a broken freaking neck or whatever his story was. 
and he's going to use that same line as Angle's son to beat Seth Rollins at Mania with a broken freaking neck. I was under. The- I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to see if that's true or not. See, I mean, yeah, it'd be. I, <laughs> I would personally hate that angle. But oh yeah, me too. I, I could see where they're coming from, but at the same time, the in the article I read, um, he was having problems, but it wasn't until they didn't think it was anything bad until he started having like uh, pain radiating down his fingertips, and he mm-hmm. they were saying he couldn't like grip anything. Anymore. Yeah, I did so, see that. So yep. he had to either do physical therapy and see where that takes him, or mm-hmm. get the surgery and be out at least a year. Yeah. So, I mean, e- either way. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Because uh, when Seth Rollins was wearing his little cane pants at Rumble, and he, uh, his cane pants. And he was having this fucking match, I was really annoyed with the way the match was going because I, I, I had mentioned it to you, Mikey, in private, but I was, I was really annoyed by the fact that it was essentially a handicap match, and we'd already seen one earlier in that night. And so I was really annoyed by the fact that they did that. I was, mm-hmm. I was like, that takes away from... But now it makes sense. You know, if he's really hurt, it was like, oh, well, then that fucking makes sense. They had to do something smart to get him out of the fucking match. Even though the match was already booked and you couldn't just, you know, you didn't want to forfeit right. the match or anything sure. like that. But remember, even before that, I had said, oh, this seems like it might go into a fatal four-way now because Titus Worldwide went over on the bar. And Balor Club got involved uh, ringside. So there could have been a fatal four-way for those tag titles. And there wasn't. That would a smart booking idea. I mean, maybe they didn't have confirmation of that injury until right before Rumble. Because, again, uh, so nothing happened with them last week, if I'm not mistaken, right? No. Jordan and Rollins, they just they didn't fight at all like that? They was just there was a little, quick little promo in the back. That's it. Okay. So, yeah. So he's obviously not been doing anything. And now with the injury and the surgery that just happened the other day, I don't know, man. Uh, Smitty, where do you th- see Seth Rollins going with this? Unfortunately, I don't. Just looking at the Raw roster, unless you're going to do a crossover between SmackDown and Raw, I don't see Rollins on the card. And that's unfortunate for me because I'm a big Rollins fan. Because who, who you got to put him with? Besides, only the person I can see you put him with is Elias. But Elias is in the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I'm talking about for Mania. You you ask where do you see him going into Mania, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Unless you put him with Elias, you don't put him with anybody. And if you're trying to build Elias, putting him with Rollins is not a good idea for Mania. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't see Rollins on the Mania card. Man, that uh, I suck. think I think he'll be on the Mania yeah. card because they include everybody, so he'll be in something. But uh, unless you give him the Andre Andre the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Honestly, like, what would? But what the fuck? Is they're that not going to do? do this. But what would benefit him the most would be to go to SmackDown right now. Like, if there's some gimmick where they worked, where like his contract was up and he showed up in SmackDown, mm-hmm. like that would be much more beneficial to him. There's a lot of guys on Raw that would do better on SmackDown. Uh, right of now. course, we've talked about that. But I think right now would be the opportunity to do it with Seth because he's not doing anything. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know what else they they would have going for him because I assume Finn's going to work with Miz. I th- I would assume then it's got it would be what who's Strowman gonna work with? Cena, maybe. Cena probably. Probably get Cena. Yeah. So then it probably have to be Elias and Rollins by default. I'm saying the only person I can see Seth with is Elias, and if they don't do that, unless they're gonna roll Elias, C- I think they're really gonna roll with Elias Cena for some reason. I've seen rumors of Undertaker Cena. 
Yeah. yeah I, it's going to either be Elias or Stroman not. with Cena. I don't yeah. know. I think Stroman would make more. I put out a poll uh, on our Twitter because uh, right now the best idea for Ronda Rousey is a tag match. And the, you could see Braun Strowman and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie because Braun and Triple H had those problems back at Survivor Series that would play into now. Triple H and uh, Stephanie had the problem with Ronda Rousey a couple of WrestleManias ago. You know, I'd rather see that than Angle. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. You or know, Rock because the uh, the Rock's filming a movie in May, so because of how soon in between that is, that might not happen for the simple fact that injury and they don't want to insure him. Same thing with Cena. Why Cena couldn't do anything post Survivor Series? You know, I, I think that your best bet right there is to put Braun with Rousey. And then you have... It's a quick draw. And on top of that, you protect Ronda Rousey. You know, there were some people that replied to that that were like, oh, I want to see her versus Charlotte Flair. And it's like, why? All that's going to... If she signed on full time and she's only been really training since July and she's not really had a bunch of matches under her belt, you're going to expose her weaknesses like you did Lana when you had her gave her the right. third fucking title match right. against plus, Naomi. Plus they need to that present Ronda... Like Baszler. Plus well, they, need, or, or, they need to present Ronda as Goldberg. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just have her run through all these lowbrow nobodies until it's fucking time. You know what I mean? Uh, and that way she's gaining experience. She's doing all this stuff as she, you know what I mean, is out there. Um, but you're right. I think putting her in any type of real match right now would expose her. Yeah. And she would, even if the match ends up entertaining because people will be invested because it's Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean the match will be good. Right. It's a cheap draw if you do it that way. That's the whole point of her well, for me. It's going to be anyway. a draw no matter yeah, what. It's. But, but I, but I think you're right. I think they need to put her in something that protects her. And because if you have her long term, and you put her against Oscar, or you put her against Charlotte, you put her in a singles match right now, and it oh. shows how weak she is, you've ruined her for down the line. At least two I said at least this last half. week. I, I said the same exact thing last week. You talked about it. What? <laughs> I said I said the same exact thing last week when we talked about it. When. On the show? Yeah. I do not remember that. We'll go back and listen. I listen. <laughs> Still don't remember that. Uh, up next. So Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are supposed to be fighting to find out who is going to be the number one contender for AJ's WWE championship at Fastlane. AJ ended up getting involved, getting Owens and Zayn disqualified, therefore setting up a triple threat match now at Fastlane between AJ, KO, and Sami Zayn. Nick, being that there's already been so much AJKO and now AJKO and Sami Zayn, and even on the show, AJ was like, I'm just sick of management obsessing about these two. Are you getting worn down on it? And you think this is because obviously this is supposed to be the final shot. Yeah, it better be. Yeah. yeah. Are you same way? Yeah, just- I'm, I'm done with it. I mean, it was cool while it lasted and the handicap match at Royal Rumble. That was it for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's let's move on from this. But, you know, when I saw the ending of that match last night and I saw AJ get involved with the way he did, I, in my mind I was like, why? Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't have to strike either one of them to get – to call have that match called. He didn't have to. I mean, that was a way for them to set up the triple threat. But, I mean, for a second I really thought that uh, – that, um, why? What the hell? Daniel Bryan was going to come out and be like, "Okay, we're going to do the handicap match again. You're going to get a rematch now because you know they were talking all that shit right. with the referee and whatever." I, I hope that it's it. I hope that's the last we hear of it. 
Let's get this shit out of the way. Smitty. I'm fine with this, with this match at Fastlane being the end of it in yeah. general. I'm fine with it. It's like, this is like literally the most I could take of it. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. The handicap match, it was probably the highlight of the whole Royal Rumble pay per view outside of Royal, the normal matches. Uh-huh. So, and like, I know those three guys can go. I've watched their careers from day one for the, for the most part. So I know these guys can go. I know they've worked together throughout various indie promotions and blah, blah, blah. This in WWE needs to be the end all be all when it comes to the WWE championship and them in WWE, at least for another year or two before you see any of these three guys together again. Well, and that's why I'm okay with it being the last match because Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, when they're in a one on one match, a lot of their f- matches are fucking phenomenal. Even though no, AJ the, is phenomenal. The one on so. Tuesday. Yeah. It was actually a great match. Yeah. That's the first time I've seen Zayn hit the through the ropes DDT uh, in a couple of different matches. He's tried, but it's the first time that he's connected with it. Well, that's I think that's because the, the, he only trusts – he don't trust too many people doing that, that maneuver. It's actually – if you look at it, it looks dangerous. Yeah. I don't think he, that Sammy or Kevin trust anybody doing it besides those two right now. Yeah, makes sense. Um, And then finally, the ending of Raw. Braun Strowman, uh, not involved. Another triple threat match. Again, Braun Strowman was not involved in the finish, even though he caused the finish. And Elias got the pin on Cena, so Elias is now the last person in uh, the elimination chamber. He will be. He will enter the chamber match at number six. How many times can they do this with Strowman before it's just okay, man? We get it. Like he can't lose because. It's it will make him look like less of a monster. I, to me, this is becoming more annoying than AJ KO and Sami Zayn because the way he's losing is how, they have to put him in a triple threat match is the only way he does not win that match. match. You know, in general, well, that's why he's in the chamber match because that's the only way he cannot win that match. And eventually, this huge behemoth of a man either needs to win the WWE title because I know we that or he's getting that or he's getting put down by Cena. I know we get we get it. They're building Roman Brock at Mania, but it's gonna happen, and there's going to be a post where Brock is gone. So then maybe Roman and Braun, and this is sort of setting it up through the elimination chamber. But fucking Braun is still ranting and raving about Brock. I, I'm just what, I'm to the point what where if they're not pushing Roman and Brock. I mean, th- that's what everybody believes. That's what the rumors are. No, absolutely. They, but had, now, this, now, what if you know Swerve Strowman wins the Elimination Chamber and it's Strowman Brock and I fucking and, Stro- hope so. and Strowman finally goes over. That will be that will make a lot of people happy. But that is WWE has their heart set on Roman because the Miz Brock. is clearly in that match to set up his next feud. Yeah, I can see that. Him and him and Elias, him and Finn, him. I mean, you can you yeah. can go multiple different ways right. with it, but he's only in that match to set up his next feud. Orlando. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with it. I said it months ago. I said, you know, he's really green, but Braun Strowman would be my guy if I'm going to run with one guy, you know what I mean, to build the company around for the future. It's not Roman Reigns. It's Braun Strowman. Strowman is just a special fucking talent. You see him. Listen, he's green as fuck, and he does things all the time where I'm like, man, you could have got more out of that. Man, you fucking, if you would have just done this little tweak here, you know what I mean? But that said, the dude is a one of a kind fucking animal. He also has an organic reaction with the crowds. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do some silly, stupid shit with him, and and I, you know, if they can get away from 
doing all the silly stuff and just have him destroy motherfuckers. Speaking about silly stuff, do you see the meme about him? Hey. I'm oh, sorry. You said silly stuff. I'm like, hey, let me brought up something. It wasn't a rant. <laughs> Smitty, <Drake. Bell. laughs> um, It wasn't a Yeah, rant. just in general, I just think Strowman is a special athlete. And so if I'm building off of a young talent to build around, it's like, there's nobody else in the company like him. Mm-hmm. You're not. I don't think I've seen anybody in a long time that reminds me of uh, Strowman. So I, uh, it's just to me that's the guy you would you would want to be like. Oh, this is this is the new next big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like they've been holding off because Brock is still there, and they're like, well, we don't want to pull. The tr-. And then we also have Roman Reigns, who's our fucking guy. But it's like, okay, you got that, but what you're doing is kind of killing this dude here. Yeah, like. Why wouldn't and look? I've said Finn for the IC belt, but why not put Braun there for the IC title? Like that gives him a title and takes him away from the top contender picture. Because mm-hmm. Braun's a special kind of athlete, like Chris just said, and he, and that's he goes is, after the main title. And that's like, the thing is they don't know what to do with him. Is is they get him there and then they're like, oh well, we can't actually pull the trigger yet. But so we'll pull back exactly, and it just looks dumb. So, so it's like they booked themselves into a fucking corner. Like they did with Ryback. Do you remember Ryback was yeah. super fucking over? Mm-hmm. People can talk about not liking him or whatever. He was over as fuck for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they he, and then they put him in there with Punk, whose gimmick was he hadn't lost the title. So instantly, you booked yourself into a fucking corner where now this guy has to lose. Yeah, it was shenanigans, but then you killed him. You killed Ryback. Mm-hmm. They're slowly doing that with Strowman. You know, they keep pushing him back up, and then it's like, oh shit, we're in this corner again. <laughs> what do uh, we do? It's kind, of, it's kind of like when they do a Wyatt to a certain degree. Well, Wyatt, uh, you know, Wyatt's well, so, no, a different you say, story. You say Wyatt, but... Wyatt, he'll win like three, four major feuds. You put him into his first major feud, and then you I mean, just I, I don't think they're put him in the ground. I, I, I get what you're saying in terms of the booking, but I think that's as far as the similarities end, uh, end there. But uh, either way, I'm just saying Strowman is a special athlete. That's a one of a kind fucking guy. You're either gonna pull the trigger, or you're not. But stop doing this half ass fucking push. Take it away. Push. Take it away. Because. What you're gonna do within another year if this keeps happening? We are not gonna care anymore. We will stop caring. Stop interrupting me, (laughs) idiot! You just made the list. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on a lot of people's list, so fuck all of you. Were you done? Even though, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Done now. There's nothing more to add. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about Braun? It, it, it is. It's been going back and forth for over a year. Where like you think he's going to get to that point, this is the time. This is when we're going to see him go over and, and get that title, and then it just deflated, and then it builds back up, and then it's deflated, and then I really thought that maybe there was a possibility at the Rumble that he might just win that title. He yeah, didn't. maybe until he need Brock in the side of the head. Yeah, <laughs> that was brutal. That punch afterwards. <laughs> um, uh, but they they do they need to get shit or get off the pot. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it doesn't have to happen tomorrow, but it's got to happen soon. You know. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk the most who is the most overrated and who is the most underrated wrestler if you guys are listening live go on our twitter feed right now at bdrcast tweet us your responses on who you think is more overrated most underrated and when we come back we will read some of your tweets on the air ladies and gentlemen we will be right back We are back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Breaking Down the Ring, and we are getting into a topical discussion today. 
the most overrated wrestler maybe of all time, the most underrated wrestler maybe of all time, whoever we're talking about. This all stems from a post that I put up that we said we would talk about weeks ago, but then Royal Rumble and all kinds of fun stuff got involved. And post that you were wrong about? No. <laughs> You're more wrong than I am. No. That's pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fucking wrong. <laughs> I'm the king of wrongs now, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are we laughing at that? He's not the first time he's ever said that. That was funny. It's the first time I said it on air. No. Hey, it's the first time I remember hearing it. I laughed. <laughs> Me too. Get over it. <laughs> what was the most overrated comment on this show? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I put out a post stating that I feel the most overrated wrestler of all time, gimmick and wrestler, not person behind the st- scenes, is Undertaker. And Wrong. I, well, let him, let him frame his argument. And the reason I say this, and it's this comment stems from all these one has to go things that pop up. Taker's involved, and it's usually something like Austin, you know, uh, HBK, Kurt Angle, Undertaker. And people are like, well, uh, Angle's got to go, or Triple H has got to go. And it's like, but if you lose these people, you lose their entire contribution to wrestling. So I've always looked at it, and every time Taker's on, I'm like, well, Taker can go. That's the easy one for me, all the time. Because if you lose Triple H, you lose NXT and how great that's doing. You know, and the evolution of WWE, how it's coming into. I'm I'm not talking about his... Run in WWE, although he picked up the ball and ran with it really well when Rock was doing movies and Austin was injured and things like that. He had a good run with that. The the McMahon-Helmsley era and regime stuff, that stuff was good. But I'm saying that Undertaker is put into a lot of people's Mount Rushmore. Top four all time. And I find that bullshit. I'm not saying he sucks. He's definitely top 10. We had a comment. We had, there was a comment that Smitty made. We are off air the night we were talking about this. And he goes, and he's like, he, he would be on the dream team. And I was like, yeah, he'd totally be Chris Mullen. 100%. He'd be the Chris Mullen of the dream team <laughs> because he's there. I said he'd been a Chris Weber, not a Chris Mullen. Chris Mullen. He's Chris because he's had no outside of a longevity gimmick. Right. And the streak that could have been handed to anyone. Taker has been basically on air, right place, right time. He has been a transitional. Ooh, I don't like that statement. <laughs> he's been a trans. He's I'm not saying he's done bad again. Go but, ahead. Make uh, your argument. <laughs> but again, it's a, a transitional champion. He's had only two runs longer than 30 days. OK, he has his storylines are aren't really you don't go back going oh yeah i i have the, this 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 and this for undertaker storylines you know there's the paul bear urn thing with when kane Ooh. came in that, that, that was a great storyline yes. that was a horrible shut up you are really bad at interrupting today i'm gonna i'm gonna pull the news out of the garbage god damn <laughs> oh. i'm gonna pull my fist through a certain police with a sign at least shine. you won't be talking <laughs> So Undertaker, I feel, is good. I am not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's not top 10, but he is definitely not top four as far as anything goes in wrestling. If you get rid of him versus any of these other guys, Triple H, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Austin, 
HBK, Kurt Angle, thing, guys like that. And I mean, I'm, I would rate him higher than Kurt Angle, but higher than Kurt for sure. But out of the other guys, I will say to your argument before I destroy it that I agree with the he is not a top five all time. I think. People are overrating him in that sense. If anyone's putting them in their top five, it's just, again, it's subjective, but they're wrong. Okay. He's not a top five, but he is on the dream team. Yeah. And, I agree. and I, I don't think you can be like, this guy's overrated when you go, oh, he's still one of the greatest of all time. He still makes the dream team. If you're talking top 10, I think he's, you know, he's definitely a top 10 guy of all time. That's a, there's been thousands of pro wrestlers. Top 10's pretty fucking good. Okay. Before Triple H and HBK matches at Mania. Does Taker make the dream team, or is Andre, yes. be- yeah. Andre, is, or Andre better than him? Then, uh, and I'm talking before the yeah. two HBK, yeah. and, and yes, even before then, yes. Uh, his his career was just it's. There's never going to be another run like his. And to your point about the titles, I don't think that matters. Cause I don't think Taker ever needed the belt. Uh, you could say he needed the belt that first run uh, when he first got it when he first beat Hogan. Uh, the the six day run. Uh, yep, yeah, the one. Uh, his first belt run was six days. Yeah. Six days when he yep. lost Tuesday. You in Texas. Tuesday night in Texas because that just made him credible as a as a main event guy. So that one you could say, oh, he needed. At no other point in his career ever did Undertaker need the belt because he was always the Undertaker, and that's why he was the perfect transition champion. Yeah, he never needed the belt. He never need at any other point in his career. He was already a main event player, no matter what. He was never the guy. His he was. Let's not. Let's, not let's again. Let's let's be justifiable to Mikey's point. He was never the guy. He was there was always Austin. There was always Hogan. There was He was Mi- more like the mule. Triple H. But but he was still one of the top dudes for thirty fucking years. And there's never going to be another career like that. Uh and he's also the innovator of all these other matches, the buried alive, the casket. Hell in a cell. Uh, hell in a cell, body bag. Hold on, hold on. You can't that that argument falls to the wayside when we're all talking about how these fucking women are being thrown in first ever matches now. And it's like, "Oh, you're just being thrown into them because it's the time to put it in because it works with who you are at the moment and the match is coming up." So these inferno matches with when he's doing it with Taker and the and us and when he's doing it with Kane and everything, it's but also you, but uh, according to the the framing of your argument was that you would lose all that. So we would lose all these matches. We don't know Hypothetically, these matches would ever be introduced if it wasn't for The Undertaker. Mike, can I ask you a question? Do you think you could carry on a storyline with a buried alive match or a casket match without a character like The Undertaker? Um, if you had, see, had, that's what I'm saying. So, because without Undertaker, you don't have characters like Mankind or Kane. You still get Mankind. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. No, you would not. But you could. You would still be Cactus Jack. In in fact, without The Undertaker, you may lose Mick Foley even getting signed to the WWE. Yep. Uh, so again, you lose a lot when you say those things. So when you say those points, I'm like, okay, I'm off the board. But I do agree he's not a top five. If if your argument is, oh, Undertaker doesn't belong in the top five, I agree with you. Yeah, that, and that's uh, what I'm saying, overrated. So he's a six man. So, so in that sense, no, I wouldn't even have him six, but I say around ten. He's he's yeah. he's around my ten mark. I'll give him ten. And and I think that's still really fucking good. So I'm okay with. Oh that. no, and and again, and but, I, so again, certain framing of your argument I agree with, and then there's certain times where uh, you know, you said some other things. He was which in the right fine. place at the right time where I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. He was, also, which is fine. It's really hard to be a but, dead character. But <laughs> isn't, isn't that part of the business to a certain degree, being at the right place at the right time? Yeah. A whole they oh, yeah. Awesome. They said sure. it for rock. They but you can't, for heart. They you couldn't be the right place at the right time for 30 fucking years. You have to be pretty fucking talented to make that work for that long. Well, it doesn't. it helps that he, one, wasn't the guy getting injured until later in his career. Taker's, uh, Taker had... It's healthy. 
a very workhorse mentality about him. When he was wrestling, he was wrestling a lot of days, a lot of pay-per-views. He was putting in the most matches while other guys like Austin was were getting hurt, Triple H tearing a quad, you know, rock going. I'm I'm saying I agree. I I'm not if anyone is listening to this and they think that I'm saying the Undertaker sucks, I do not think he sucks. But yet you still say he's I do overrated. Not, yeah, you because he is not top. But, but he's five. overrated according to the the argument that and, he's framing. And that's what I'm saying. So many people, including yourself, Smitty, have Undertaker in the top four Mount Rushmore, and it's stupid because even Vince McMahon himself, when he was asked by Bubba Ray, "Who is your Mount Rushmore?" Vince goes, and I swear to God. I don't agree with this either, but in Vince's Mount Rushmore, it's Hogan, it is Andre, Cena, and Austin. Even Vince, who loves Taker, didn't put him in his, on his Mount Rushmore. And granted, you can look at the four that he gave. It's like, these are the guys that gave him the most money. Yeah. You know, when no, I can't money, even argue. Money, yeah. Money, money. Yep. Every one of those put WWE on a new level, uh, level playing, level of playing mm-hmm. field. But again, even on Vince McMahon's, he wasn't Undertaker. He put Austin at four. He, I don't know if he. Uh, he just said those are the top four. He didn't put it in a specific order. order. Yeah, but that was even Vince McMahon's Mount Rushmore doesn't have Undertaker on it, and that's why I say he's the most overrated because more was when I put that thing out, seventy five percent of the people on that were like, "Yo, yeah, he's definitely up there." No, he's, and that's why I say he's overrated because when 75% of people who are voting in polls on more than one different area of social media are all saying Undertaker is in that upper echelon of people, that's why I say he's one of the most overrated. I have another point on this. Like, look at the Monday Night Wars. Who was the one guy that was consistent and kept that company afloat during the Oh, okay. So then Sting deserves to be in your top four because Sting stayed on fucking WCW the whole time. So if you're going to use that argument, there's your rebuttal. No, but Sting was more over than the Undertaker that period, too. Fuck yeah. So Sting's better than Undertaker? Or Undertaker's better than Sting? I put him at the same level, honestly. All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> so I... <laughs> All right, Z, who's your most overrated? <clears throat> awesome. Nice segue. Mike, Mike <laughs> Awesome? <laughs> Fuck you! No, he did. He, <laughs> Mike Awesome, if he didn't No, die that's so not... Uh, many, it was my most overrated uh Gimmick wise, not necessarily in ring work, but just the whole thing is um, the Ultimate Warrior. Okay, explain why. Um, <clears throat> he lost four times on television, and I don't think any of them were clean. Pretty sure none. Of, he, he never lost clean. That just means he's sweet. But go ahead. No, no, that means <laughs> that means you're overrated. And my whole art, like I just you said about Roman and uh, fucking um, Goldberg too. Hold on. Calm down, Smitty. Stay on topic. Let him talk. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I don't know. I was just never the. Since Joe's not here, I'll, I'll take his spot. Like, uh, his gimmick was very cartoonish, tickle butt, very, very tickle butt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he just, I don't know. He never. I mean, he had a good match with Hogan, and a nice build up to that. But beyond that, like, I, I just wasn't never really a fan. Now. Orlando, who is your most underrated? Well, I was going to say one of my – I had two, but okay. one of my most underrated is Ultimate Warrior. So, and, and the reason why is, first off, I don't care if he cuts the most nonsensical promos, talking about snot and space. I don't give a fuck, okay? I, as a kid, I thought he was the coolest fucking dude in the world. And I, I he's my that. very first favorite pro wrestler that I ever had. 
So the first favorite pro wrestler I ever had was Ultimate Warrior. Not to mention, I think he had, he had the two best matches at two manias in a row. Him and Hogan at WrestleMania six was fucking the. It was a great match. People can talk about Hogan not know. They're all full of shit. That match is fucking phenomenal even today. And then next year, him and Savage WrestleMania seven best match on that mania. You can't he he stole un- two different manias. And, well, the reason why he's underrated is because people talk about what a, you know uh, a sloppy wrestler is and all this shit. He to me was that era's Roman Reigns because he's one of the guys that people look back and go, oh, he was sloppy, he couldn't wrestle. Bullshit, dude. He might not be a fucking Kurt Henning. He might not be a Bret Hart, but he was there when he needed to be, and he fucking could tear it up when he wanted. He had two fucking manias that he had the best match on. How many guys can say that? You can't be underrated if you always go over. Yes, you can. I just No, you can't. I, you can because the revisionist history is they even made a DVD called The Self-Destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. Remember? What, no, yeah, no, and, I, and they I, had yeah. guys sit around burying him, talking about how, was, how bad he was of a worker and all this shit. And I sit there and I go, bull fucking shit. I've seen bad workers. That motherfucker put on two classics that are going to live forever. That, that will outlast anything that we're saying or talking about. I think he is underrated, not overrated. And that's my argument is because people went out of their way to bury him for so many years. Yeah, everyone remembers the happy ending of him coming back. But there was years. Triple H at WrestleMania. No, no, no. I I mean, I meant recently. Like when he came before he died. Right before he died. For the Hall of Fame. Uh, But people forget that for fucking 10 years there, they went out of their way to bury this motherfucker. So on their TV, that's the only DVD they've released where they went out of their way to bury somebody. So you're gonna you have all these pro wrestlers, Hogan, everybody sitting around burying the warrior, and I I who, go back who and I Hogan to bury the warrior. Though. Well, he, like, it wasn't just him; it was a lot of fucking. It was a lot of people. Triple H did it too. Yeah, just everybody was on there burying him, and I go, he was not that bad of a worker. Listen, he might have been crazy. He might not have been the smartest business guy. He might have held Vince up for money, but that ain't got nothing to do with him being a good pro wrestler. He was an entertaining as fuck character. He could work when he wanted to, and he stole two manias. Mm-hmm. Underrated. How right. many did Michael steal? Yeah, Michael's is better for sure. I think Michael's the best but no in-ring one's performer that Michael's ever. Yeah, isn't good. But but I, but I mean, the, I, when you think about it realistically, there's only a few guys can, who even had a mania stealing match. There's only one a year, and he's had two of them, and he's only wrestled on fucking like four of them. You know what I mean? So that's pretty fucking good odds. Smitty, who's your overrated? Sandman. Both of my entries are both ECW guys. So okay, well, so why is Sandman overrated? Sandman is overrated because like the best thing about anything he did was his entrance. Yeah. Couldn't cut a promo, was sloppy in a ring. Uh, he was drunk all the time. <laughs> there's that. Okay, so let me ask you this. Where is Sandman normally rated for great wrestling? For great wrestlers? He's great as one of the ECW greats. Literally. He's one of the ECW legends. Originals. He was yeah. one of the ECW originals. No, I was so, one no, of the greats. So, if I brought up ECW, if I brought up ECW's I would top think, five or ten, would you say man coming in? Fuck that no. Nope. I would in the say top he would. Ten, yes, I would say he would. would. Because, oh, top ten? Well, okay. Okay, top ten. But definitely not top five. That's That's kind of like... There's really... EC, ECW's talent list was Sabu... Benoit, the Dudley Boys, and and I'm talking the two that made it to WWE. RVD uh, was RVD. ECW. Yep, R- RVD. Taz, uh, Taz was uh, up there. I, I mean, I, you had Bam Bam. You would have to put uh, Shane the, Douglas the more, in the top. The more you 10. talk about, but, the further Sandman we, drops. We, we, we just, we yeah. just we talk about like, even Chris Jericho came up through that ECW. Yeah, pipeline. Mysterio Guerrero, did. So Guerrero did too. Dreamer. There's, there's a lot of guys that Raven. came up from ECW, but 
what the guy I thought was most overrated throughout all the ECW guys that you that you keep bring up a name for that brought ECW to prominence is the Sandman. See, again, I don't think he brought anything. To, I think he just he, he was over with the fans because of his entrance. Similar to how Bobby Roode was pushed as a face when he hit SmackDown was because of his entrance. He was over. Yeah. You're I don't think he's, he's overrated. I'm right? saying he's overrated. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I get you. where you're coming from. I, I agree, I mean, I agree with you. get the, drunk and bleed. So. Listen, I, I agree with the argument you're making. Uh, I just think it's an easy argument to make. It's like too easy. Because it's like, okay, everyone knows that he was never, like nobody's out there saying he was Kurt Henning. But see, and that's what I'm saying. Like, Why is so Kurt Henning my benchmark? Trying for good to put, <laughs> that's if the second time I've He was fan-fucking-tastic. But if nobody is trying to put Sandman at a high level, an upper echelon of wrestler, sure. how can you say he's overrated? Because people don't even rate him. Well, that's what I'm saying. Under the framing of his argument, I agree with what he's saying. But I think, like, to your point, Mikey, I just think it's it's an easy argument to make. Uh, but you're not wrong. I, he's definitely, Maybe because I'm an ECW, Mark. No, I, I, I am truly too. am. I am too, but... Yeah. ECW is amazing. But I, when I, I... The only things that I have in my mind about Sandman for anything ECW is his entrance. That's Drinking it. a beer and yeah, smacking and himself smashing with the, the fucking, fucking can on his head. Yeah. To be fair, I have a pretty easy pick for overrated too, though. All right, so who's so, overrated? Uh, this is a very easy one. Uh, Jeff Jarrett. I never... Ever that's a good one. Viewed, <laughs> that's really a good, good one. I never ever viewed him as a main event player ever. And the fact that he was WCW champion, then he went into Impact and was like their Triple H for a while. He and also ran it. So. Yeah, I know, but yeah. but he didn't WCW, and they put the strap on him during the end. I'm I didn't mind well, when they put the strap on him. I guess he was part of the booking at that point. Well, I didn't mind. Uh, you know them pushing Booker T at the time. I thought Booker T. It it's felt great. it felt organic. It felt like oh he belonged there. It felt like Scott Steiner even was a main eventer. At the time, even though <clears throat> during it felt like that, it did, but it did not. It never translated to me that Jeff Jarrett was a main eventer. He always, to me, was a mid card guy that somehow was, and even his in ring work, which people would talk about in the nineties, like oh they wanted to push him because they thought he was a really good. In- I think Jeff Jarrett's good. Like mm-hmm. I think he's good as a worker, but there's nothing special about Jeff Jarrett. There's never a thing that he's ever done. You know, he can call people slap nuts and smack him with the guitar. That was entertaining, <laughs> I guess. Right. But but it was never. It was never like must see TV, and I've never seen Jeff Jarrett a match, a promo, and you know, thank God he got rid of that ugly fucking strapped outfit because that was the worst fucking gear I've ever seen. <laughs> but uh, but I just think he is just the epitome of to me is overrated. No way should that guy be a multiple time WCW champion. No way that guy should be a multiple time TNA so, champion. Like fuck that guy. There's no, he's good. He's he he's be, not top ten. No, no, I agree with you. No fucking nowhere. Not top fifty. Not top one hundred. Not even yeah. You know, like, how the fuck is that guy a multiple-time world champion when we have guys that like Jake and them who have never helped the strap? A it's- three-time NWA champion, if you think about it, too. Yeah, well, what's left of the NWA? So, uh, my thing about Jeff Jarrett is he's a great booker until he books himself. Yeah. And that has always been my argument with Jeff Jarrett. He's a great booker, great worker, great worker. When he starts to book himself, that's when shit goes to shit. T. <laughs> All right, Nick. Nick who's most overrated. Overrated? overrated? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, I had another one too. But sorry, go ahead. No, it's good. Uh, right now, Shinsuke. Really controversial. Here we go. This is where the controversy is. And welcome, welcome, bring it on the ring. You no, thought I was controversial I, with Undertaker. <laughs> I, I will say this: I didn't get a chance to see a whole lot of him in NXT. Okay, but as far as his WWE career goes. It's just been lackluster for me. I'm I'm expecting more. 
and and he's a good striker because they always talk about it, but he is. He's a good striker, but I haven't seen that top-notch AJ Styles type match yet. I'm sorry. I just... And watch the Sami Zayn Nakamura match. That was his first match also, ever in WWE. I feel like they're was, holding him back. Also, you know go back I mean? and watch New Japan. Watch Wrestle Kingdom 10 yeah. with him and AJ Styles. I believe you. Yeah. Go back and watch just the evolution of Shinsuke Nakamura since 2007. Yeah. I am not going to even remotely argue your point. Because there have been many times that we have said, even our, like when we were even discussing the Royal Rumble, it was like, oh, Shinsuke is the odds on favorite to win. And I'm like... I don't want to pick him because I don't believe WWE is actually behind him. Right. But the way that he's being pushed right now. So, yeah, I agree. As far as what you've seen on SmackDown of him, the WWE has dropped the ball tremendously. It's it, like every it's time they go them, to because Oh, yeah. Let, let's put some blame on him, too, because he's been put in a position to have great matches, and he hasn't. Mm-hmm. With the exception of the Cena match, uh, which I think is probably the best match he's had uh, yeah. on the main roster. Money to bank. He's really been... Lackluster in his performances. To again, I can't fully give it to him either because his style of wrestling and it sucks and it's really not WWE product. This is why he was so good in NXT. Is because his style needs at least fifteen minutes every time. It constantly needs a long match for it to but build. I, but I think on pay per views he's been given that. I just, no, I'm, even against like Dolph Ziggler, he's given like ten minutes and I stuff think, like that. It's it's everyone. I just, I just think if Miz, if Miz can go out there and have a match-stealing match with Dolph Ziggler. There's no reason you're telling me Shinsuke, who is supposed to be better than Miz in the ring, uh, can't. But we look so, at- so to Nick's point, I agree with him. And I, 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 and I like Shinsuke, and I, I think with the way you're talking about on SmackDown, yeah, I agree. And I had my nephew over just the other day, and we were watching uh, Raw. And, uh, they were, and he was asking me about the Royal Rumble because he had missed it. And I told him Shinsuke when he's like, oh, that sucks. And I was like, Why? And he's like, oh, he sucks. And like that was just a little kid's perspective of the product because that's how yeah. he's presented. He's like, he sucks. Now, but you also look at the Miz. Well, you brought up the Miz. The Miz is a product. He knows how the system works. He knows how it has work. nothing to do with an in-ring match, though. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, the point I was getting at is we have argued that Ziggler has been checked out for a very long time. Ziggler hasn't had the matches he used to have. He still sells for people, but he still doesn't put in the 110% to these matches. And then right after Ziggler, they put him in the match in the program with Baron Corbin, another guy who's green, but good in when he has the right opponent. You know, Shinsuke is not the right opponent for Baron Corbin. And those matches then sucked, you know. And, And that's what I'm saying, though. If you're supposed to be this great in ring worker, you need to be able to pull something out of people. And like AJ does. Yes. Right. A, like AJ does it every fucking time. And if you're going to say Shinsuke is as good as AJ. I'll never say that. Well, I know, but that's, that's the way he was presented. Um, this guy is amazing. He's all these things. Then he has to live up to it. And I think he eventually will, but he hasn't yet. He's still trying to learn his chemistry with some of the guys on, the, on this WWE roster still to a certain degree. That, that's bullshit. That's a bullshit argument, Smitty. And I've told you that before. Right. Chemistry ain't got nothing to do with shit. Okay. You're either good and you know how to work with people or you don't. We got a comment, uh, overrated, Lex Luger. That's a good one, actually. The Lex Express. <laughs> I was looking for it as a kid. I was I was on the highway looking for that motherfucker. <laughs> I actually feel... He slammed Yokozuna. How can I not look for it? So the thing about the Lex Luger thing is they tried to make Lex the replacement for Hulk Hogan. 
and none of it was organic, and it just fell flat everywhere all around. And that's what kind of yeah. made Lex overrated. I, I, I think I think that, and I think Lex is never a great in ring worker. Uh, and the problem is, is like as with experience, you're supposed to get better. But somehow yeah. he got worse. Because if you look at his earlier matches, like stuff with Flair and stuff, and even in some of his earlier stuff, just in tag matches when he was with the Four Horsemen for a minute and stuff, it's all really good. Like he's he's really there for everything. But then as it goes on and it gets to the late '90s, it's like Lex is bad. You know what I mean? He throws bad strikes. He throws. It's like it's like somehow his work as he got more on the juice and more ripped, his work just started to get worse and worse. Right. And I love Lex, so I I was a big Lex Luger mark when I was a kid. So, so Nick, who is your underrated wrestler, Mister Perfect? Okay, um, why? Because and how? Well, this is why. He had that stint when he was Mister Perfect and he was heel, and then there was that time period when he was on what was what was the name of the show before Monday Night Raw Primetime Wrestling yeah Primetime the, the roundtable discussion type mm-hmm. deal and and he was on that and there was that time when he came back and and he wrestled with Randy Savage against um, Razor Ramon and Ric Flair so he started to to go over big time with the crowd. And then they're booking him in matches like the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam 93. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lost because of, uh, because of <laughs> Diesel. Um, Big Daddy Cool. I-, I think he was a great in-ring performer and he was never given his due. I think he was so over in that early 90 period that he should have had a-, a title reign. I really do. I really think he should have had a title reign and they, they just kind of let him go by the wayside. All right. Smitty, underrated. Shane Douglas. I'll say both my entries. Franchise. In the franchise Shane Douglas. Even though he got his due at ECW, he got a done, his due was always done early ECW where they really had no traction under him. And he was <laughs> underused in WWE, underused everywhere else besides that early run at ECW. He's the guy that made ECW kind of what it was. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at your comment. Of I, I'm reminding myself. It just reminded me of the pro wrestling crate that we opened up. That Z and I and we we the autograph eight by ten was Shane Douglas, and we just fucking ripped him. <laughs> just ripped, we're like, let's gold vest looking motherfucker. <laughs> no, but, like, Shane, Shane Douglas threw the NWA championship to the side and said, "Fuck this." The ECW, the Eastern Championship Wrestling, but this before it was Extreme Championship Wrestling. Wrestling. He's the guy who pretty much coined ECW to Extreme Championship Wrestling. This is a guy whose impact on the ECW brand was detrimental to where what it became. And he was he was really good in the ring. He was really People good in the ring. That. And yeah. he was never he was underused everywhere else he was. You kind of knew who Dean Douglas was, but you didn't care for Dean Douglas. When he was still Shane Douglas in WCW, you didn't know who Dean Douglas, I mean, Shane Douglas was. When he got to ECW and got to do his own thing, he was more appreciated, but it was during a time where EC, where Eastern Championship Wrestling was not recognized. And when he did his thing, Shane Douglas made ECW what ECW became. You know, I, I, we gave him shit when we got that, that, uh, eight by 10, but I agree. He was, Always really solid in the ring. The problem was that his his character just, for some reason, outside of the bingo halls and the indie type scenes, anytime he went to a larger crowd, WWE? we were ta- no any any WCW as well. 
because uh, we had a conversation. We were talking about Monday Night Raw, the 25th anniversary. And Chris made a point. He was like, if 30 fucking people are annoyed at the fucking uh, Manhattan Center, you're going to know that the, the entire it's going to get the entire crowd. But if 30 fucking people are annoyed at the Barclays, it's not going to be paid attention to because it's, you know, 30 fucking people of all these thousands. That's that small percentage. So when you get the small percentage behind you in the smaller venues and you start getting over like that, if you only have, be it your fault or booking creative's fault, if you only have that same percentage, those same people in the larger crowds, it tends to kind of bury you as well. And I, I, he had a, a gimmick that didn't have mass appeal. But had appeal. Well, the issue. It was a shitty cartoon gimmick. Well, the, well, the, let's well, be honest. Well, the issue was with Shane is he's he's probably the first guy to really cut those shoot style promos. Mm-hmm. He's the first guy on TV to do that. Um, but like you're saying, when he goes to the w- even before Roddy. Well, I, I guess you could say Roddy, but Roddy was still working. Well, you know what I mean? Roddy was still working. Shane would just, you know, cuss and he would get right to the fucking point. So and he, he said, would. He said, fuck the NWA Not just that. I mean, Shane cut really good promos, but they were shoot style promos. Yeah. He couldn't talk like, uh, he wasn't a character. Mm-hmm. When he tried to be a character, it was cheesy and it was silly. And I think, to your point, I think when he would go to these larger companies, with the exception of maybe the tag run, whereas, you know, him and Steamboat working with Austin and Pillman. Yeah. Uh, God, oh. Which were great. Yes. With the exception. Yes, uh, okay. With the exception of, um, the, that run, you know, I really think he just was always underwhelming in WCW and WWE. Like, he just never really, there was nothing special about him. You know what I mean? Though. He was Jeff Jarrett without the push. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll give uh, you that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, whereas in ECW, he was allowed to be himself and he was allowed to cut these shoot style promos. And so that favored him. If he would have been able to do that on TV, uh, then maybe he would have became more successful. That was so, always the great thing about Heyman. Heyman could see. Where your strengths were. Yes. And, and Heyman and could pull the... your strengths out and make right. manifest you to this I, godlike yes. character. And I love the ECW booking for that reason because he could take misfits that would not get over in any other place and find a way to get them over. Mm-hmm. And that's um, the reason Rhino's not over right now. Well, it's yeah. also a different gimmick time. But uh, Rhino anyway, is no longer the man anyways, beast. He's the man boy. I, I agree with your choice. I do think he he's underrated. Charged. That was a good pick. All right. Z, you're underrated. <clears throat> the Blue Blazer. You had such a young, promising talent, and it all just came crashing down. You're an ass. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most inappropriate boys. <laughs> but, but for, but. <laughs> so he took one fall, and that was it. <laughs> tragic. It's really tragic. He always went under and never went over. <laughs> we apologize to the Hart family. <laughs> I mean, but what are the odds you fall right into the ring post? Of all the places you can fall. All right, no, but that was on, bad on, blood. On, <laughs> no, no, no. Like they showed no mercy. Uh, right. On a serious punishment, note, though, sticking with the same family but different deceased person, um, the British Bulldog. Yeah, uh, he never got the title push, the main title push that I I think he deserved. I don't even think he got the secondary. He got like the uh, European title and the tag title. He had IC uh, title. He had two IC, IC title ones. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, young, younger. I'm thinking like mid nineties. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But he, I was always he, a he huge fan. Wimbledon. Like ever since he was introduced, I was always a huge fan. Back to like when he had fucking dreads or whatever. I was too. Yeah. Um, he had the look. He had the in ring talent. He wasn't huge, but he wasn't small either. I, I what you mean he was juice? That fucker was juice. Yeah, I, I he was definitely missing a juice. 
No, but he, I mean, like, he wasn't like a tall guy. He was like five. I mean, he was puffy. Don't get me wrong, but he was like five foot nine. You mean big? You mean like tall? He, 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 he could fit in with that new generation of wrestling that was coming in with Brett and Sean and everything. Like, he wasn't. I mean, he was big for his so- for his height, but he wasn't a monster. Like detriment to him was that he couldn't cut a promo. He could never really talk. Yeah, but he had Cornette. I mean, you could have used Cornette and gave him a title run and did, did it with Dynamite the whole Camp Cornette thing and anything like that. I mean, you could throw I, that's really I anyone say. from Camp Cornette in there. Like Vader should have had a title run. Yeah, British Vader did have a title run. Owen should have had a title run. I, I think. Yeah, I think. I think that's a good pick. I, I would say it's like. It's almost hard not to mention Dynamite Kid, though. When you say underrated and you talk about yeah, British Bulldog, I agree. Dynamite was better than yes. Than oh, yeah, Dynamite was an Way innovator. And Dynamite, uh, to his credit, is kind of responsible for today's modern style in a lot of ways. There's, guy, there's certain guys, whether that they didn't necessarily know it at the time, but the snap to everything, the impact, everything's got that crisp look to it. That's from Dynamite Kid. Before that, if you go back and you watch old wrestling, nothing was as crisp and solid until Dynamite comes around. And that becomes now the style of today's wrestling. Everything has to be crisp. Everything has to look good. And when it doesn't, when it's sloppy or kind of like unorthodox, we're like, oh, that looks weird. Yeah. You know, we're like, oh, man, Cena can't wrestle because he's unorthodox. That looks funky when he does a suplex, you know, because we're so used to that crisp. Mm-hmm. Well, that shit started with Dynamite. Dynamite changed the in-ring style of wrestling. And if you go back, you watch his matches with Tiger Mask stuff, that stuff is better than today's stuff. And this is almost 40 years ago yeah, now. Yeah, you're, mm-hmm. not, you're not joking. So I, I just think Dynamite should get a mention there, too. But, uh, yeah. Sorry, when you mentioned British Bulldog, I'm always like, oh, I'm yeah. a dynamite oh. mark, so I got to mention dynamite. Sean Walton was another guy else I considered too. Isn't that the underrated. whole point of this discussion? Um, my underrated is gonna make Smitty so happy, <laughs> and I honestly Da-da. feel yeah, Roman Reigns is supremely underrated. I think he is got suck a donkey's balls. <laughs> let, let, me, let, me, let me get that noose out the garbage. <laughs> he is, and we've said it many times on this we'll show. Put this around his neck. Well, we've said this many times on the show. Roman Reigns consistently goes out and has good matches. He doesn't. He doesn't always pull something that we're like, oh my god, that's a five star match. But he is. You can't say, oh man, that match sucked with Roman Reigns. You you can't there you may not be invested because you're not a Roman Reigns fan, but you can't go back, watch the match fully and go, well, that match was pretty shitty. Look at all these botched spots Roman Reigns did. Sure, Roman's not great on the microphone. I'm not arguing that at all. He's gotten a little better. He's gotten better, agreed, yeah. over time. But to say that Roman Reigns is not deserving of the spot that he's in is ludicrous. Because he does. He is consistently yeah sure there's the look and that's why vince is pushing him but he does not like the women you get pushed as you look no i I think guys have better looks than him i I, they they push him for whatever reason but i do agree with mikey i think he performs extremely well and i i i am hard pressed to find and we've had this discussion on the show where i've said uh he's had better matches than the other shield members like just consistently better than seth yes yeah Yes, 100%. We, we talked about it before. Seth has had one really memorable match, that triple threat at Rumble with uh, Cena and Lesnar. I, and any other time, Seth's had some decent moments. Like that RKO he took was decent. But the match was shit up until that point. You didn't care until that RKO he took at Mania. That is correct. But look what you had Seth Whereas, work with compared to what you had Rumble Seth has work worked with. with just the same Seth people. worked with all the fucking top guys because Seth had a long title run. Seth was working with these with like the likes of... Uh, uh, Randy Orton and things like like 
Cena. Did Roman work with Orton? Did Roman work with Orton? Or I think Orton's amazing. So but, if the Roman, Roman didn't work with Orton yet, I, okay. So then Roman's still having good matches, and Seth's not, and he did work with Orton. So, but so Seth, again, uh, okay. I'm asking about SummerSlams. Seth versus uh Seth versus Cena versus Roman versus Cena. What was the better match? Roman versus Cena. Bullshit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. That's, they're probably on par. But, Bullshit. Uh, but I, I think outside, Roman, outside but, the finish was what uh, John Stewart. Excuse me. Calm down. <laughs> Roman Reigns versus John Cena also, in my opinion, is better because there was a lot much, there was a much better story behind it as well. So, like, when I'm saying, like, okay, so Gargano and Almas got the first five star in almost seven years God, from amazing. Meltzer, right? For NXT TakeOver, right? We said that Aleister Black and Velveteen Dream deserved a five star rating because of how point, great that match was. And we. All said because of the story involved. That's why that match was so good. And we felt Meltzer kind of fucked it because there was a lot more emotion in that match than the other one. So I'm saying that Cena Reigns was better because of the build for that, dude. Okay, that so build was phenomenal. Same with Dream and Black. So you you don't think the, the build for Rollins and Cena with no. both titles on the line? No way not, is it that. Not great. Nope. No, that build is nowhere near the build Reigns and Cena had. Uh, listen. I think Seth is good. I think Seth, I, I would have argued that he's overrated. Honestly, I, I could have made a very strong argument for Seth Rollins being if overrated. We did, if I didn't do my uh, right. warrior take to get your warrior right. take, I would have Right, and if I didn't Seth pick Rollins. Jarrett, because I yeah. just felt like he needed to get buried a little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. But seriously, I, I could make a strong argument for Seth being very overrated. He can't talk either. No. You can't tell me he can cut promos. He's only got one style of. I, I will say this. Uh, one style of. Like, I would say when you go to his promos, and that's because I watched. Once I watched Seth Rollins with Tyler Black, compared to where he was. I then was on and shows there. with him as Tyler Black. I'm telling you, Seth can't talk. I've been, I've known him for fuck. We started around the same time. I've been on a million shows with him. He's never been a talker. That's not his strong point. He's he's good in the ring. But he has to have the right opponent. He has to have an p- opponent that works like today's modern style. Otherwise, you put him in a match with a guy like Sting, and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Okay? And, and to me, it wasn't that bad. Yes, it was. And, and I watched that match cringing because he didn't know how to work with Sting. And this is another sign that we, we, I mentioned with Shinsuke. I go, if you're supposed to be this good of an in-ring worker, you better know how to work with everybody. Don't, don't tell me this guy is so fucking good, and then you put him in there with a the guy who works a different style, and you don't know what to do. You're still trying to do your same shit, and this guy can't do it. Yeah. I mean, Roman does a great job of working with people with different styles. Yes, he does. Roman's always solid. Yeah. Where Seth is not always solid. He's very inconsistent. And I'm telling you now, I, I can make a strong argument for Seth Rollins being overrated. Dude, Bray Wyatt got his first This Is Awesome chant in years when he faced Roman Reigns on Monday Night Raw. What else? Because they were at that one of Bray because had the advantage. Because it was a great match. Go back and look at that rating. It was a 2.5. I don't. Okay, hold on. That's not a rant. That's <laughs> not a rant. Have, but you're wrong. We, when I brought, go back, when, when, I want you to listen to me. Shut up. Shut up. Shut on. Calm down. When we just mentioned the ratings for Black and Dream, we said Meltzer was stupid for it. I, I mentioned the five star rating he gave them, and we said he should have done it here as well. So. The mentioning of the ratings was to once again mock Dave Meltzer for not – and again, look, dude, it's personal opinion, you know. But 
we've always said Meltzer falls short more often than not with his ratings. So the fact that you just tried to pull a rating out of it, it to wasn't make a Meltzer rating actually. A two point. Then who's two point five? That was on Rolling Stone. Oh, even the what? authority on wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I listen. Give me that fucking bell, you dumbass! <laughs> it's not a rant, you dumb fuck. <laughs> well, anyways, I just think Roman Reigns has been more consistent. I think Roman Reigns has better matches than Seth in WWE. It's undoubtable. I, I don't think you could make an argument that Seth has had better matches than him. He hasn't. He just hasn't, dude. Like it's just. Again, this is wrestling. It's all subjective. Sure, it's all subjective, but I Prince mean, Smitty's wrong. It goes back to that argument. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just about as wrong. I'm just about as wrong. If Roman Reigns is the modern day Ultimate Warrior. It's it's been cool to say, oh, this guy can't wrestle or something, but he can. No, but the difference between Warrior and Roman is Warrior was actually over at one point completely. I mean, you could make. And it so art. is Reigns. Reigns is over. I mean, when he pulls like Reigns a Ric Flair was over, and then they started shoving him down our throats, and he's not over with us. He's still <laughs> fucking over. And even so, he's still over. Yeah, because dude, he's got the Cena treatment. Every match he goes at, you don't hear a single fucking cheer for another wrestler he's with. They don't boom. They say, let's go, Roman. Roman sucks. It's He's over either as they hate him or they like him. And they still buy tickets to see him either lose or to see him win. Roman Reigns is, like I said, very underrated because so many people don't give him the credit he deserves that's you including put a, you. You put Cena in the underrated category. No, Cena can't be underrated. Cena, Cena can. can't be underrated if you always go over. Yes, you can. <laughs> but, yes, but you can. Because, but you just agree with him about the with the Roman argument. But say like, you won't agree with the Cena argument. No, I, I shit, Z. No, he just said. I think Cena's underrated, and and I and it brings me to my underrated pick, which is Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> how, how am I full of shit? Well, Goldberg won all the that? time, and yet is still underrated. And, and the reason why is the same thing. People talk about him being sloppy and fucking all this shit in the ring. He's not, dude. Dude, the dude did things in the ring, and you can't even be like, oh, he only had two moves. No, he fucking did not. He has fucking 50,000 versions of a press slam, and they are all sweet. He drops dudes into his spear from a press slam. Fanboy Chris Every, coming out. He also, <laughs> right? he's, he's, also, he's also the fucking first guy I ever seen in wrestling to really apply MMA holds and shit. People forget that. He would just whip into some fuck crazy submission out of fucking nowhere. Listen, I'm not saying he was super crisp because he wasn't, and he, he could be sloppy at times because he was still he really green. He ended harsh career. That, that shit happens, dude. I'm, yeah, I'm tired. Of, see, that's another one of those dumb things. Like, that shit fucking happens. Uh, you know, anyways... So anyways, he did all kinds of fucking really cool shit, and I think he gets su- – there's never been an athlete I've seen with more uh, intensity in the ring than also, Goldberg, ever. Also, Let me take a pause real quick. Let me take a pause real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us live and you want to call in and talk about your overrated or underrated, please feel free to call in. Our phone number here is 248-579-5295. We'll take your call. We'll talk to you and we'll discuss and you can explain why you feel someone is overrated or underrated. Again, ha- have a different take on something that we've already talked about. If something we already talked about, try not to call in with that. But if you feel someone is overrated or underrated, we, we haven't have spoke not to mentioned. them. Yeah, that we have not mentioned. Feel free to call in. Again, that phone number is 248 248- Five seven nine five two nine five. Orlando, please continue. Uh, well, I, I was just saying the same thing kind of applies to Goldberg. I think Goldberg. Uh, I don't think he's ever had a lot of really classic matches, unfortunately, because that just wasn't how he was booked. 
But I still think Goldberg could have been really fucking sweet in the ring. I just think he had so many intangibles that guys, it's one of those things again where it's like a Braun Strowman, like you're not going to see that guy again. Like that was a one time that the way he spears somebody because it's a legit spear, he fuck, it's the coolest spear in the world. It looks way better than Roman Reigns. It looks, you know, the only other Charlotte spear looks better than Roman Reigns. Well, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I'm just saying, you know, stop, chill out (laughs) with the Roman Reigns hate, but I'm just saying Goldberg was a once in a lifetime athlete who did things that today no one can do, that nobody does do, that nobody will be able to do with that intensity, with that type of movement. Um, you just won't see that again. So I think he is extremely underrated in that regard. I don't care that he never had classic match. He had some good ones. He had some with DDP and Kurt Hang that I thought were pretty good. Uh, but he's never really. Had, I thought those matches with Lesnar he had last year, the one at Mania, was good. It was short, but it was good. The or, where he took the six suplexes, the most bumps he's ever taken. Yes, in the and match. it was it was a good match. I'm not arguing it. I agree with you. Yeah, uh, it was good for what it was. Again, he's not going to be the guy that works like Flair and works an hour. But for what he was, that's a once-in-a-lifetime fucking dude. You're not going to see that again, ever. So, that said, I also have one more overrated for you. I had The whole Goldberg thing was like, you could have, I looked at Ken Shamrock the same way I looked at Bill Goldberg to a certain degree. When you said, first guy you see using MMA locks on somebody, Shamrock did it before Goldberg showed up. I gotta remember the time frame there, but maybe. But Shamrock was really only using the ankle lock and that one takeover armbar, whereas Goldberg would. Uh, I'm thinking of a very specific leg sweep thing that he would do, and he did a lot of. And no offense to Shamrock, Shamrock, even though his gimmick was that he guy. was intense, Goldberg moved more intense, and his movements when he hit people looked like he was really fucking smashing dudes. And Ken Shamrock, who I thought was good for that time period was never on the same level as Goldberg. Well, that's part of it because they never booked Shamrock like that. Yeah, he won the King of the Ring, didn't he? No, or did he lose? He they lost. lost it to The Rock, right? Lost it to The Rock. Okay. Either way, like I mean, he was okay, but he was never he was never going to be that guy. He couldn't t- he wasn't he just didn't have that thing about and it. when I say literally when I see my my mirror comparison to Goldberg and WCW and Monday Night Wars was Ken Shamrock with better booking. You're you're out of your mind. Goldberg was as hot as anybody's ever been in wrestling. Gold. Not via his booking. I don't give a fuck what it's via. You're t- Dude, every audience in the world was losing their... Sh- these, these same fans that go today and bury Bill Goldberg are the same fans that were yelling out his fucking name to smash somebody in 98. Oh, they were converting from WWE to WCW because of him. Yeah. Like he was he was post NWO the only thing that... <laughs> post NWO, the last really good thing that WCW did. So... Anyways, super no, underrated. But, but part of that and was, he was the guy. But part of that was also because he was the only guy that was a former WWE guy that were building at the time. Well, that's not true, too. I've always hated that argument, too, because you could talk about DDP. And you could talk about okay. guys that WWE stole that made from WCW. Like Luger was an NWA WCW guy, then came to WWE. You know, all these guys that they talk came over. When you, when you brought up DDP, you didn't hear about DDP till. After Foley actually, he was the, the first person that went over on the NWO yes, after that became a thing. Yeah, uh, all these there's a lot of dudes from just WCW, uh, and a lot of guys that made their start in WCW that then get brought in. So I've always hated that argument. That's that's a different fucking thing for a different day. Uh, I'm asking a question though. Give me five guys post the the turnaround when Foley won the title on Raw. Post the turn. What what time is that? Ninety eight. So you got a year and a half. 
left of WCW, come on. If you want to talk really WCW, I mean, you got all kinds of fucking dudes you can mention. You can mention the Steiners who started in WCW. You can mention Luger, like I already said. You can mention Sting. You can mention DDP. Vader. You can mention Goldberg. Vader. How many guys do I have to fucking name before you go, okay, this argument might not actually work out? I said no. Like, I'm talking about Monday Night Wars. <laughs> I'm talking Monday Night Wars here. Why? Why is it just Monday Night Wars? Oh, we were talking in general. Lots of guys came from WCW and went to WWE. Like Vader actually started off with the Mastodon gimmick, whatever. Sure, and he was WCW champion. He's the reason Foley lost the air. Anyways, okay. The comment that we got on Twitter, underrated, William Regal. I agree with Agreed. that. Agreed. Agreed. I think Regal was, yeah, I, I don't think anyone on this table at this table is going to argue it. He was solid. But Regal's one of the guys that kind of killed his own push to a certain degree, too. What do you mean? I was uh, I was reading some stuff and watching stuff on Watch Mojo and What Culture Wrestling, and it was talking about how Regal's one, probably one of the greatest technical wrestlers. But just some of the backstage politics is what killed. He ended up killing his own push those ways. Well, actually, I remember it was like I was around '07 or something. When they brought back the King of the Ring. They brought it back specifically for him to win, and they're supposed to give him like a main event run. And I think he got busted for drugs or uh, something. I was going to say drugs and alcohol. Yeah, so it was alcohol. Which sucked because it would have been nice, especially in that era when they were kind of pushing the old mid-carters into the main. Yep. Uh, he would have fit right in. And it would have been believable because he is a technical guy. He also Genius. had the real fighting background. Plus, he can talk really well. He's a great character. Uh, so he could have done more. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, he is underrated. So I made this post in a couple of the wrestling groups that we're in. And I asked who people felt were overrated and underrated. And this one came up quite a bit, and it's going to spark a comment, commentary here. Can't wait. <laughs> <clears throat> and originally, I thought this was a troll, because the first thing they said was overrated was Ric Flair. And I immediately commented, and I was like, Flair overrated, please explain. And the person said, and these are his comments post that, all he could do was talk and cheat, didn't have any wrestling ability whatsoever. Flair could not wrestle. Goes Flair would slap, shout, woo. Smitty, is this person related to you? And get <laughs> bullshit. Because I actually think Ric Flair is the greatest heel of all time. And get the figure four in. That's all he ever did. I'm not saying he's the worst person to ever grace the squared circle. I'm saying he was well overrated as a wrestler, but for entertainment value, he's in the top three for me. So that's a really weird comment. How long? Yeah. Have you been, no, I'm asking. How long have you been retarded? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it right now. I never been retarded. <laughs> no, we were posted that. Like, how long you've been yeah. retarded? Yeah, I, I, that's a really bad uh, statement. And, and you're saying that came up a lot, which, which I assume a lot of wrestling fans came in and saw older Flair, uh, which sucks because even me as a fan, when I was watching wrestling in the '90s, I was like, yeah, Flair's there. He's whatever. It's Flair. Early Flair, though. you know. But but when I go back and and when I became a pro wrestler, you realize <clears throat> that to the other wrestlers, Flair is God. You know what I mean? Like he is a Mount Rushmore talent that you could argue should be on a Mount Rushmore. Uh, I would put him higher Undertaker for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, another guy with a 30-year run. Uh, he was the fucking guy in well, multiple 30, companies. Yeah, four, four run, Plus, actually. Flair could work with anybody. He could make random Jabroni A look like a credible threat. Yeah, uh, He was a beatable champion, but he always he had the swagger. He could, he's one of the best talkers in the history of the business. Uh, one of the best characters in the history of the business. He could work with anybody. He worked an hour every single fucking night. Some of my favorite matches are flair matches. And if you don't think they're good flair matches, I, I just assume that you hate wrestling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the him and Dusty, the him and Steamboats, the fucking... Him and Sting. 
Him and Steamboat. Sting. Oh my god! Right, him Some and Sting. Of those was it him Even, and Savage too? At, yeah, Savage. Yeah, him and Savage. There's uh, also him and Terry Funk. It's like the first real hardcore match on a mainstream level. Flair is the fucking man. Uh, I just, I don't, if yeah, you're saying before that. before TV, he used to go to different territories and make the other champions look, look credible. Good. Yes. And, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, so if, if you don't like Flair, you probably just haven't done your history on wrestling. You probably seen Flair, old Flair, and just been like, oh, he's whatever. He's Flair. He's there. Or you're retarded. He woos a lot and he chops, you know. But but there's a lot more to Flair than that. So yeah. Well, you can get a good understanding of Flair. I mean, I watched, I rewatched the 30 for 30 of Ric Flair a couple weeks ago. And I sat down. My girl watched it because I got her into wrestling within the last like year or two. And she was like, she knew of Ric Flair, but she didn't really know his legacy and that. And she was blown away. She was like, I had no idea. And and that is a perfect testament to Ric Flair. I mean, he's top, definitely Mount Rushmore, definitely. Yeah. Uh, someone said underrated uh, Brian Pillman. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. I, Pillman was good in the ring. He was one of the first high flyers to be mainstream. Yeah. In America. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to sure. say, yeah. He, he's one of the pioneers of that in America. And I mean, he's. He was just, I mean, he was the loose cannon, Brian Pillman. Like there will never, they try, I, I see it in what they try and do with Dean Ambrose, but no Dean Ambrose one, is the no, silly version. Yeah. I was going to say there, there's no way to exact replicate PG Brian version. Pillman and there never will be. Uh, I don't know. I just, I totally agree that he is one of the most underrated personalities and workers in the business yeah. or when he was in the business. It sucks too because when he became loose cannon, it was right around when uh, people remember when he comes to WWE and he got in that bad car wreck and he could barely move his fucking yep. foot and he's still working. But prior to that, the matches he was having like Jushin Liger and stuff, uh, those are very innovative for the time. Like yep. that, that Absolutely. stuff was not seen on American wrestling. So he was a, definitely a pioneer in the ring. Again, a, a very underrated in that regard because people forget that. Then he had the great tag team with Austin. That's another underrated tag team. Hollywood Blondes. Hollywood Blondes was great for the time period. Uh, and then, of course, the loose cannon character, which was awesome. His, his yep. stuff he did with the Heart Foundation before he ended up joining the Upwood. Well, well that's that was right after good. his car wreck. And he yep. was... After the car wreck, you know, he wasn't quite the same, but, you know, he's still he's still crazy, and you always believed he was crazy. Another overrated comment, uh, the 2004 Royal, Royal Rumble winner, Vacant. They say vacant, extremely. <laughs> I, I Chris Benoit, someone said, is very overrated. They wow, need, they need to go hang out with some weights. How long are they were? How long have they been retired? <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I was say Benoit was one of. I, okay, here's the thing: if Chris Benoit doesn't murder his family, that that never happens. He's a still working today, or b in the Hall of Fame. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. A hundred percent to that. And I will say, as a worker, when that happened, um, first off, Chris Benoit. Was my biggest influence in wrestling. Was my personal biggest influence. My favorite wrestler going yeah. hands down. Yeah, he was my favorite wrestler until he murdered his family. Again, right. I have a hard time even watching his matches now because it's like this dude murdered his family. Right. So I, I don't even go back and watch a lot of his stuff anymore. But uh, I will tell you, uh, prior to him murdering his family, we had a saying at the wrestling school uh, about hard work and about motivation. Uh, like if you're feeling lazy and you don't want to go to the gym, you ask yourself, you know, what would Chris Benoit do? <laughs> which, is, which is ironic now. I agree. Oh, but man. It's ironic now, but we would say that in terms of like, okay, you know that motherfucker gets up and goes to the gym. Get your ass to the gym. WWCBD. Uh, so, so, like, I would say outside of The Undertaker, the most respected dude in all of wrestling was Chris Benoit. 
which is really crazy that he then kills himself and you can't say that phrase, what Chris Benoit do anymore. <laughs> well, he kills uh, the fuck, you can't say that phrase. <laughs> you can't. We're all going to break it down for goddamn yeah, yeah, yeah. It just means a whole different thing. But it, it is crazy to see how that's uh, – so I, I would say – Probably underrated in many regards. Also underrated talker. People think that he couldn't talk. Again, he's not The Rock. He's not Austin. He's not in, like an over-the-top character. But he could talk just fine. Anytime was, I've ever heard Chris Benoit talk, I thought like, it was fine. Was yeah. I've dick. never been like, oh, he stumbles over his word. No, he, he doesn't. He was very intense he just, yeah, at times, intense. but I believe no, yeah, exactly. he, he was. He was adept. Because like, honestly, one of the things that still keep me in the wrestling today is the feud between Guerrero and Benoit and ECW. Oh, yeah. Those were some of the best matches I've seen in my life. Well, even Benoit Malenko was good. Yeah. I mean, th- uh, that whole little cruiserweight well, my division favorite, they had going on was really yeah, my, good. My favorite match ever is uh, Benoit Angle at the 03 Rumble. I just think that is the perfect wrestling match. You cannot wrestle a better match oh, than that. Those two every time. And, yeah. and one of the things that people don't realize about Benoit is, oh, Benoit that, put is, that, is that he didn't call a lot in the back. So what you're seeing is him calling that shit on the fly, which mm-hmm. is crazy to me. Like, the thing, the, those spots and stuff that he's calling is just, you know, to him that's routine. He just calls that shit with people. Like, again, there's an art form to being able to call it in the ring, and usually it's not as pretty as when Chris Benoit did it. Right. You know what I mean? It's Plus another guy that's Cena super intense. It. They said it all the time on commentary, but every time he moved, it meant something. But again, hard to watch yeah, now because ne- he's never lost movement in his matches. Right. Yeah. Final one for an overrated category. Someone says Chris Jericho. He's the fucking goat. Hey, suck somebody's asshole, you dumb wad. Wait Is a that minute. Underrated or overrated? Overrated. Overrated. I, listen, I could make that argument. I could make that argument too, uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, if, you if, can suck somebody's ass. Hold on. Calm down. If if Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit don't die, okay, Chris Jericho doesn't get as much love as he gets today. He gets as much love because a lot of the really, really good in-ring workers of that period died. They're not here to compare to. Chris Jericho has had this last run. was amazing. I thought we've said it a million times. It was a great fucking run. Uh, the stuff in Japan he just did was really fucking good. Jericho was really good. Really, really good, and he can talk really well. He's great, uh, but when people start talking about him, top ten and shit, I'm like, no, okay. So he, he's he's my Undertaker. He's the guy that people uh, say and talk about him being top ten and all. Right, he's not right there. Time. Jericho's great and has been consistently great and has performed well. Uh, I just don't think he's as good as people have made him out to be. His in-ring matches are never as good as Michael's or Benoit's or Guerrero's. Uh, his promo skills are good, but they're not as good as The Rock's or Austin. He's he's that next level right underneath them. Which uh, and you which know, is still really fucking good. Yeah, like they had said that him and Omega was the best match she's had since him and Jericho. Okay, yeah. WrestleMania nineteen. Wait, uh, since him and who? I mean, since Jericho Michaels. and uh, by Michaels. Yeah, you. And not you, WrestleMania nineteen. Yeah, like and. That's you, yeah, because I, they I were agree. allowed to do a lot of the same things in those matches, though. Because now, now you can't right. in WWE style. You can't, but when you have the freedom in New Japan, you have a better match. I mean, oh yeah, well, I will fully agree that Jericho is a lot more entertainment than wrestling substance. He doesn't have bad matches. Uh, I'm not saying he has bad matches, but I'm saying if you, it, it, it's not the level of difference that it is for The Rock, where it's level of entertainment, mic talk versus what you can do in the ring. Because Jericho still has really, really, really good matches. I'm, Chris Jericho is not, the though? master of having moments. Whether he's in the ring wrestling or he's on the mic or whatever, he just naturally knows what to do to draw the most out of the crowd as possible. And I think that is his his biggest strength. As far as being overrated, 
I mean, I, I can see where the argument comes from, but to me, I don't feel like you can be in this business and be relevant, relevant for 25 years and be overrated. Smitty. Well, he's like, well, I, one, on Z's point, you, it's like he does what he has to do to get either the best pop or he, whatever, where he's playing from a heel or face. For sure. Yes. I think lots of Jericho's uh, notoriety comes from some of the stuff he did with guys like Jericho and Benoit. Wait, wait you did the same, same thing. thing as Mikey did. Yeah, same Jericho, Jericho with Jericho. What, what are you guys talking about? Was there an Undertaker so, Undertaker match? Say, Jer- say, Jericho's Jericho's lots of Jericho's notoriety originally came from the stuff he did with guys like Benoit. And uh, Malenko right. and Mysterio but, when he was in WWE and the Cruiserweights. But when he came to WWE, he proved 100% that you knew he knew how to talk. Because his debut was a war of words with The Rock. Yeah, I'm not arguing. I, I said. But, but, but my issue wait, with Jerry. Finish. Okay, go ahead. He, but he, he's proved How's over the feel? years <laughs> that he's evolved. He's come to his own and done everything he can to be one of the Better, the best guys in the industry right now. Sure, I would say, but prior to this last run, he wasn't one of the best guys. I thought those last couple runs he's had have been kind of lackluster. He had matches with AJ at Mania, which was underwhelming. He had a couple 100%. matches with AJ, which were all kind of underwhelming. Uh, when you think Jericho and AJ, you thought it was going to be better. Uh, but honestly, and, and I think those last couple runs prior, those last couple years, he, he he's there, he's still good, but it wasn't anything special until this last run where him and Owens were just... On fire. Well, some of well, do you, do you feel like the stuff he did with AJ was organic or no? I don't give a shit if he's going to be that good. I mean, I'm just saying he's. I think he's been a little overrated, just a little bit. Again, I still think he's my Undertaker. I think he's really good still. I think he does everything well. I just I don't see him. when people talk like, oh, he's top ten or he was in the go. He's not. He's not. Okay. I'll put him. I put him in a goat category at this point in my life. I've watched so much more wrestling and seen what he's done throughout the world. So have I, and I've never listen. I have I have DVDs with Jericho in Japan before he was ever even in WCW. Listen, I have all kinds of old random shit from just being a tape collector when I was a fan, and all kinds of weird shit. shit. Me too. But I'm but I'm telling you, uh, Jericho's stuff, as good as it is, was never as good as the Guerreros and the Benoits and the Malenkos. And yeah. yeah, it just it was never there in the ring as good as that. It was still good. So, it just wasn't as good as that. But my okay. point, my point is like, okay, I agree with you. Like, he's not going to be as good as those guys, but he learned from working with those guys to where now he is that guy. I, can I, I don't. Can I ask a question, Smitty? If you are agreeing that he's never going to be as good as those guys, how can you argue and say that he's not overrated? Or the argument that I just had, where I say he's more entertainment, he's more entertainment than substance in the ring. I'm saying he's not overrated because he's one of those guys who's like. Well, a lot of people say about Triple H, he's a student of the game. He's become better over the years. And the more I see him, the more I respect him. All right, Nick, what do you feel about Jericho? Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, no, I, I definitely agree with your guys' point. I don't think he's top 10. He's definitely not top 5. I give him top 20. You know, he's he's had a, he's done a lot of different things in a lot of different corners of the world. I mean, uh, I'm oh, sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. I um, said that already. Um. But I, I just I don't necessarily know. I I don't know if he was ever like the face of any one of those companies. Maybe for like a hot second. Come but on, man, Raw was I mean? Jericho. 
<laughs> uh, First ever that, that debut, that Chris Jericho debut when, you know, he did his promo with The Rock. I mean, I remember sitting there with a couple of my friends and we just shit because it at the time there was, was no beautiful. internet or anything like that. I had no idea he was coming. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, you guys have all made some pretty valid points. It's kind of hard to argue that, you know. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate Nick, thank you for being on the show, brother. Yeah, man, anytime. How do we find you on the medias that are social? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Power Hand. Yeah. Um, look me up on Facebook, and you can listen to me live on Q Country 107 in Port Huron. <laughs> QSAC? QSAC. Dub- Dubsac? It's the WSAC. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so the power hand is T H E P O W E R H A N D. All one word. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're following us on our social media as well. Just search BDR Cast. You'll find our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Periscope, our Snapchat, Tumblr. You guys. <laughs> soon. <laughs> I would want Tumblr. You can. No. It's. <laughs> I was in I was in my phone for like two seconds. I accidentally muted Chris. I didn't mean to open Orlando. up that can. Uh, <laughs> so you find us on all that. Make sure you go check out our pro wrestling tees. ProWrestlingTees.com slash BDRcast. Uh, within the next day or two, it's already submitted. So we'll have two new shirts up on our BDR cast. If you're a hockey fan and a wrestling fan, you're going to enjoy these shirts. I'll wait for them to be posted, but when they get posted, they're going to be really good. So check it out. ProWrestlingTees.com slash BDR cast. Make sure you guys have us subscribed on your iTunes, your Google play podcast. If you want to follow us on SoundCloud, remember just search breaking down the ring, follow our YouTube breaking down the ring. Uh, the, Old episodes, the full shows are going up uh, as we speak. I have one being uploaded right now. Just follow us on everything that you can possibly follow us because you don't want to miss a second of us at all because we are the ring crew. Your champion, Z. Smitey. Orlando. Me, the almighty one. And thank you again so much to Nick for showing up. We appreciate it. Can't wait to have you back again. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Breaking Down the Ring. We thank you so much again. And we are out.